Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. This week in league, Brad Arthur wins the Dallium Coach of the Year for his masterstroke of putting a buffet behind the dead ball line for all Chris Sandow games. Hash, Tigers in decline. This is not a drill. Des Hazlitt a link with the Cronulla Sharks after being impressed by their high level of bleeding about referees. And we'll review all of the action from round 21 of the 2012 NRL season, including the Tigers' debacle. All that more this week in the league. Welcome to episode 98 of This Week in a League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Okay, let's kick it off. Uh, first thing I would just like to say, um, you know, given that we're prone to infomercials, The Riff Man on Twitter, he uh, tweeted us today and said that he bought some Shroom Tech Sport from Honest this morning, hoping to upgrade from Michael Barney to Adrian Pertell in the Winger States. <laughs> he might even get a run for the Panthers so in, other, so in other words, he set, a, he set a pretty low bar. I mean, you know, he could have gone like, you know, to you know, Mickey Gordon or something like that, but No. He's only set the bar as high as Adrian Pertel. I'm, I'm pretty sure that even the placebo effect will get you there. Well, I guess so. I've always said that Alpha Brain doesn't make stupid people smart. And Shroom Tech Sport doesn't make Michael Barney's Adrian Pertels, <laughs> or Michael Gordon's for that matter. <laughs> well, we'll find out. Um, we've got some other tweets that came in today, and I'll just put these at the start of the show because... Uh, can't really categorise them. They're not, they're not game day specific or anything. So, uh, we have one from uh, DJX Plane. And he said, uh, how many hat-tricks have been scored since Lottie returned? 71. Oh, NRL 71, Lottie nil. Check mm. the link. The link was a link to an Excel spreadsheet that he's compiled, uh, starting at round 1, 2010, going through to round 20, 2012, talking about the uh, hat-tricks since Lottie has returned to Rugby League. And yeah, 71. And we've got uh, this list here. It's got the, the player that scored it, the date, uh, who they played for, who the opponent was, whether the ground, all that sort of thing. And um, it's very interesting. And so, and there was some more this week, so it's actually higher than 71 now. But, um, yeah, 71 hash, seventy-one hat-tricks in, what, three, not even three full seasons of rugby league. Mm. You're welcome, football fans. So it's like, it's, it's, it's probably, uh, you know, it's just bordering on a hat-trick a week. I'd like to see any other three-year split to match that since I started calling Waddy for a hat-trick. Yeah. I'll take full responsibility for those statistics. Yeah, and I mean, I'd like to actually see it further broken down and say uh, how many hat tricks uh, on average were scored per week, you know, leading up to uh, Lottie's injury a couple of weeks ago, and how many and the percentage next because it seems like there's been an influx. Well, there's, a, I mean, there's a well-respected member of the NRL community, Lottie Takiri, and there's only one way to honour the great man, you know, with what could be a season. I mean, it's obviously season ending, but it could be career ending, depending on, you know, who's doing the contract negotiations. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, his NRL uh, mates have decided to uh, honour the great man by 
running in a few hat tricks. It's great to see. See, that's insulting the great man. If they wanted to honour him, they just wouldn't score tries. <laughs> if they wanted to emulate him. Well, that'd be mimicking, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we had another one from um, Andrew Koisman. So that's Andrew, C-O-I-S-M-A-N on Twitter. He uh, he sent a tweet in, uh, I think it was this morning. He said, uh, what was the brother doing in the 90s? I love his work, but he's a referential retard. I mean, Shaboogan? Really? <laughs> the brother he's, of course, referring to is yourself. Yes. <laughs> referential retard. That's possibly the most ingenious insult I've ever had slung my way. And I've had some insults. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's, you know, it's so true. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a massive pop culture fail. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, every week usually there's something you learn something new. <laughs> usually show something on YouTube. I could educate you on things, Nathan, but I choose not. To. Oh, you you educated me on the on the merits of like, Olympic basketball before. I did, and I, I, did. I, I felt very educated. You knew what you were talking about, <laughs> and then you said something about a movie, and I was lost again. <laughs> and um, finally, just want to say uh, we had another one yesterday from uh, Accurate underscore Forex who said. Just listen to the latest podcast, Great Jackson Story, where I couldn't stop laughing. Glenn, father of the year. <laughs> That's the one where I said I punched him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's awesome. Yeah, and, and sorry, and finally, we had one more from our, our good friend, Tad Pike, at Tad Pike. Your good friend. He's pretty, guy's a gronk. He's pretty scarce on, on Twitter, it has to be said, but he did uh, take the time out to um, to come and uh, drink copious amounts of alcohol with us after the grand final. Yes, uh, he did buy me year. several bourbons. I can't hate on him too yeah. much. And so he said... um. Looking forward to Sunday. You chumps have been some serious South badmouthers, clowns. <laughs> and yeah, you certainly, uh, Karma certainly got you for that. <laughs> we'll wait until Manly play and then they'll be exposed as the pretenders that they are, Tad. So uh, yeah, you can take your victory against the crippled side of cripples. I mean... <laughs> really? <laughs> We're going to start this early? Yeah, we have to. Um, anyway, and that's, have you got anything else you would like to kick us off? Do you have any uh, further Jackson stories? I do have a, a little bit of a Jackson story. I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about the Tigers game, which is fairly depressing um, slash suicide-inducing. Um, Jackson had sat there and watched most of the game with me, and he could see that I was getting quite frustrated. And um, <laughs> The fairy cobra. The fairy the cobra has just decided to leap onto my lap, and I freaking will hate cats. Get hey off. There you go. You stay there. <laughs> oh, fucking harsh. Good. Cat's gone. Um... <laughs> Poor little fella. <laughs> so he's he's watched basically a good sixty minutes of the game yeah. with me. See us are up thirty two nil all the time he decided to walk away. Yeah. And he's gone into his uh, into his playroom, mucked around with a bit of Lego, watched some cartoons, killed you know, killed twenty minutes. Yep. And he's come out to the lounge room and he's doing a I don't know, he was singing a song and doing a dance or something. He's quite a jovial kid. And his mum said, just, you know, Give Dad a sec, mate. He's, you know. <laughs> and he looks over, he goes, is the game over? I said, yeah, mate, the game's over. He goes, who won, Dad? <laughs> but did he mean it like he literally didn't, yeah. Hey, who won, Dad? And I've looked at him, and he's just sort of looked in, with, like giving me a bit of a smile and yeah. had a bit of a laugh and walked away. <laughs> Fucking hate that kid, man. Lucky we got this other one coming along and I can put Jackson on the back burner. <laughs> Massive failure as a parent with him. I hope I do better next time around. Gold. Let's hit some news. 
First story, the final candidates for the ARLC chief position to uh, be interviewed next week. Interviews for the vacant ARL Commission chief executive job will begin next week with the contenders to replace David Gallup down to a short list of six. Since Gallup's sudden departure from the job on June 5th after serving just four months of a four-year contract, the search has been... He's like a sunny, bill, sunny exec- bill about Sunny it. bill of executives. <laughs> the search has been on for his successor and has understood an announcement will be made before the end of next month. The international recruitment consultant Spencer Stewart, who were involved in the appointment of the eight members of the code's inaugural independent commission compiled a long list of interested candidates that was whittled down to a final six among those that have been linked to the job are G. Blakely no well maybe it's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's secret you know, it's secret but there are some there are, there's some interesting names in there that uh, a couple of clubs would be interested in uh, we have um, Peter Vlandis who's the uh, racing New South Wales chief executive and that name's come up before Daryl Kerry ANZ Stadium chief executive Todd Greenberg Canterbury Bulldogs chief executive Warren Wilson Panthers Group Chief Executive, Jim Doyle, New Zealand Rugby League Chief Executive, Ian Robson, Essendon AFL Club Chief Executive, <laughs> What? Mark Arbib, former Federal Sports Minister, John Brogdon, former New South Wales Opposition Leader, and here's one that's an interesting name that you might recognise, Stephen Humphreys, West Tigers Chief Executive. Sold. And Shane Matisse, who's the guy who's currently serving as the Interim Chief Executive. So... Um, Basically, the Sun Herald was where this story came from, and they tried to contact some of the candidates. None of them confirmed, though, that they'd been invited to an interview. It's a secret list, but the final six are going to be uh, interviewed over the next week. Uh, it's been suggested the successful candidate is unlikely to come from an NRL club, but will have a background in sport administration and an interest in league. Uh, there's also speculation Queensland officials <laughs> rules out the Essendon guy. <laughs> well, maybe he's got an interest in the league. Yeah, maybe you know, he's got an interest in the league. You never know. Um, there's also speculation Queensland officials are pushing for the new chief executive to be from that state as they want to send a message that the code is no longer run by New South Wales. Four of the commissioners are either Queenslanders or live there, including ARLC Chairman John Grant, who's due back from an overseas holiday this week. Matisse, who has been described by several sources as impressive since stepping up from the ARLC Special Projects Director to Gallup's job, is expected to be among the candidates on the final shortlist of six. So they're saying there's going to be a meeting of the chief executives uh, late next month, and that is when the announcement could be made. Well, I know you will uh, strongly disagree, but I've long said that uh, Todd Greenberg is probably the best administrator in the game, and I think at some point he'll be lost to the game because he'll he's probably earn about five times the money in the business sector than what he's earn, currently earning from the game. Too bad, so sad. <laughs> <laughs> Don't um, let the door hit you on the ass, fucking baldy. <laughs> well, let's not hate on bald people. I'm not hating on because that. I'm just, you know, it's an attribute of his I've just picked up on and I'm using against him. Fair enough. That's all. Um, I think he'd do a great job. He would be my pick, to be quite honest. Um, having said that, there's some other guys on that list with um, some strong, strong administrative credentials, not necessarily strictly with rugby league clubs. So, yeah. Um, and it's I'd a pretty like, strong list. It might I, just I, be me, but I'd prefer that the. Uh, the commissioner, you know, have a, have a history of uh, behaving with ethics. So that would rule out Chrome Dome. Um, oh, you are ridiculous. And, uh, but yeah, you know, and this is the thing, that list of people I read out, that's, that's uh, people who've been linked to the job in air quotes. So whether yeah, how many of those actually do appear on the final list, you know, that's a, you know, it's another story. I'd imagine that, you know, where there's smoke, you know, there's you know, possibly some truth to some of them. Yeah. But the list I read out was like, you know, 10 people long and they're only interviewing six. So there's clearly guys there that yeah. aren't going to be involved. But yeah, it'll be very interesting to see who they pick. Um, there's be a lot of pressure on the, whoever does get the gig, but um, I'm looking forward to the, this new era. Um, no more Gallup. He, 
the fact that he's not there anymore does shed the game and its image of a lot of sort of dead wood from the Super League era, which is a good sign. Um, and I'm looking forward to, to the new commissioner um, taking taking the reins and, and pushing the game forward into this new exciting new era under the new television rights deal and, um, you know, the, dispersing the money accordingly from grassroots all the way up to, to the pinnacle of our sport. Yes. The judiciary, they're at it again. Manly's Anthony Watmo has pleaded guilty to a chicken wing tackle but will dispute the grading at the NRL judiciary tomorrow night. Last night as you're listening to this show, or I guess tonight really because they sort of come out late Wednesday, don't they? Uh, the guilty plea means that he's copped a one-game ban for now but he'll be free to play on Saturday night against the Cowboys if he's successful at the judiciary. The Australian and New South Wales back row was yesterday charged with dangerous contact dash unnecessary arm slash shoulder pressure for his 39th minute tackle on Kevin Locke in Saturday's clash with the Warriors. No other player was charged by the match review committee over the weekend, despite the fact that Cooper Cronk did an actual textbook chicken wing that did injure the player in question. I believe, was it was it Ben, Cra- ben Crazy chicken winged? I can't remember. I can't he, actually, remember. he actually caused uh, an injury on the player, I think. In any case, Watmo, he'll be in front of the judiciary 7pm Wednesday night. Travis Burns goes first at 6pm. Obviously, he's uh, got that 12-match ban that he's facing for his high tackle, and he's going to be trying to change the grading to uh, try and get it down to... Something like a, underneath murder. Something, yeah, something around five matches. I think Five to eight matches, I think, is what he's looking for as a successful challenge. But uh, I guess we'll find out there. But, you know... He's going away for a very long time. He's already got three for the chicken wing he did last week. So, or the week before, was last week, the week before. Um, so, yeah, he's got, yeah. We're not going to see Travis Burns on the football field for a long time in any case. Mm. What a shame. Um, Watmo's got a case to answer. I don't oh, know bollocks. if it was better or worse than, than Burns's one. They said that Burns wasn't a technical, wasn't technically a chicken wing and... Burns was like he was trying to fucking rip his arm out though. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah, I, I Same agree. for the I Cooper Cronk one too, incidentally. There's no fucking doubt about that. What mo? He just had to do it, and he just literally just got him and just rolled him over, and his arm kind of got caught in a strange position. Like, oh, it was all done with smoke and mirrors. I agree with saying, um, yeah, I think he's got a case to answer. All done with smoke and mirrors. Bullshit. Plead his case as he sees fit, and um, you know, obviously, manly fans are going to whinge about it. It saves them having to think up something to whinge about. They've got to, you know, something that could well be a legitimate gripe to to complain about. The fact of the matter is that um, manly have. an, an excellent Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt uh, engaged by the club, uh, you know, to coach them in, the, in these sorts of things. And uh, there's no way that Watmo would have fucked it up and then it ended up like that finished product, getting trained, getting trained by Marcelo. Watmo has enough trouble trying to play the fucking ball between his legs without dropping it, mate. I don't know if he could perform Brazilian jiu-jitsu mate, on a football field. He attracts, a lot, he, he attracts a lot of hands in the ruck. I mean, you know, it, it always happens. Yeah, his and, own. And the, ref, and the referees, the referees never, never call it because, you know, why? Manly, of course. <sighs> Mitchell Pearce really, really, truly is committed to the Roosters now. He's accepted the blame for his uh, embarrassing party boy image that's overshadowed his on-field exploits. Uh, speaking for the first time since an outbreak of speculation over his future and the fractured relationship with Brian Smith, Pierce was yesterday forthright about addressing his post-origin blues and denied he would seek a release from the Roosters. The 23-year-old has attracted plenty of attention this year, which has gone from welcome to vehemently unwanted over the past month. Escapades with buxom celebrities made Pierce fodder for paparazzi and PR agents, but subsequent reports about his discontent at Bondi have proved less, less easy on the eye. Everyone is saying that I'm partying and going out with all these chicks, but you guys aren't at my house. I'm not proud of the perception. I don't think it's a good thing. I'm embarrassed by all of it. I'm sick of all the media. I'm sick of the papers. I brought it upon myself because I put myself in that position, and now I've got to work my way out of it. I'm not happy with what's been going on. It's caused more harm than good. Which probably means Brian Smith's going to get the sack. (laughs) Well, the interesting thing is, I mean, 
living in Queensland as we both do. Thanks for pointing that out. I almost forgot. We don't get that kind of cover. You know that like him going out with big titted bitches is not something. Good that, luck to the guy. Yeah, and it's I not. Mean, so, it's not something that would be a, a news item here. No. You know, like on the on the nightly news, and it's not. It, it appear in the gossip sections of the Sydney papers, mm. but not so much up here. That's right. So it's not something that I've actually you know even been aware about until I read this article. But um, you know. I guess someone from Sydney can enlighten us as to how much of a party yeah, boy he's supposed to be. And if Mitchell Pearce wants to go over the George Rose, then he should be able to. And yeah. he shouldn't have to be trawled through the papers for it. Exactly. So it's, it's travesty. Exactly. I said big titted, not big gutted. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a couple of tits on <laughs> I mean, him. If, if, you, if he's talking about going out with pregnant women, <laughs> it might, <laughs> might be a different story. <laughs> Look, I, I, I think, as you said earlier, with this, with their smoke, but uh, there's definitely something going on at the Roosters. Yeah. Um, they can't put it together at the moment. And, you know, enough rumours circulating the club to, to indicate that something is up there. Um, obviously, the media's tendency is to sensationalise things, but, um, you know, I, I'm i not convinced that it's it's all rosy there. Uh, I don't really have an issue with the guy going out and, you know, dating big-titted bitches. I don't, yeah. you know, good luck to the guy. If yeah. he's single and he wants to go out and, exactly. you know... He can do what the hell he wants, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know that that has a direct result on his form on the football field. It doesn't have anything to do with the lack of creativity he displays with the football in his hands. No, exactly right. I mean, if anything, it should help things. Exactly, exactly. He's playing like the guy that hasn't got any any for a very long time. Yeah, exactly right. He's playing like a man with a few hang-ups. But if he's training twice a day and he shows up to training and and does everything there and and puts in, and, and only the club can really judge that, if what he does in his spare time is is really up to him, provided he's not getting drunk and setting cunts on fire and like and pissing on people and you know everything his his old mate you know used to get up to, yeah. you know, smashing people. I don't know that know. any of those allegations have been laid. So <laughs> I, I, I like to think that he's got a fairly strong influence in his father there, who, who's not a drinker at all. Yep, uh, very much a clean skin. Um, and you know Mitchell's obviously been brought up. Uh, you know, with that sort of influence there, I'm not saying he, he's by any stretch as big a clean skin as his father is or was, um, but, you know, there's got to be an influence there in the fact that, you know, the things you're doing um, and what you're putting into your body has a direct result on your on your form a lot of the time, and mm-hmm. I would imagine that would go into his thinking in some way, shape or form, so I don't really have an issue with it. Um, yes, he's in ordinary form, but he's not certainly not... Fucking Robinson Crusoe. Exactly. Yeah, the, the Roosters. I don't know, he should be rocking a loincloth anytime soon out there. No. Because he's got some mates. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, Shane Flanagan uh, supports an NFL-style coaches challenge system. This article was actually pitched as Shane Flanagan kind of wants one or demands one, but in actuality, the question was put to him, and he said, yeah, I'd agree with that. So I just thought I'd change the headline a little bit. Um and I don't think there have been calls to introduce an NFL-style coaches challenge uh, system either. But the Sharkies have uh, had two bad... Uh, well, they've had two games that actually have been lost directly due to incorrect refereeing decisions that have been acknowledged after the fact that they were incorrect. Um, Flanagan uh, said that he'd met with referees bosses Bill Harrigan and Stuart Raper late yesterday to discuss Saturday night's controversial clash with the Panthers. He said that Harrigan and Raper admitted the Sharks had been robbed. I don't know how I can accept it. I find it really hard to accept, the shattered Flanagan said. Cronulla scored what should have been a match-winning try with two minutes remaining in regular time and Penrith's Tim Grant should have been penalised for being in front of the kicker at the kickoff. That would have meant the game did not go into golden point. Uh, the dispute all weekend 
concern was if the ball had gone 10 metres from the kickoff, but that's not even relevant if the penalty came for the player being offside, Flanagan said. He was a metre offside from the kickoff. It should have been a penalty to us with a minute counting down. It cost us two competition points. Flanagan said another crucial mistake then cost Sharks the Sharks in extra time. Lachlan Coote was offside when he charged down a Chad Townsend kick, but again, wasn't penalised. Soon after, Luke Walsh slotted Penrith's winning field goal. To come back and get in front and then have it taken away by refereeing error is just heartbreaking, Flanagan added. At this stage of the year and where we are at competition points are crucial at any stage, but we needed that win on the weekend, especially with a depleted squad. For it to come back to losing a game from an incorrect ruling is shattering. Um... It then goes on to say that uh, this is the second time it's happened to them. And he said, uh, we lost in round one against the West Tigers from a referee's decision in Golden Point where they penalised us from a charge down where it should have been a penalty to us. I lay in bed at night thinking about this. It applies pressure to our next four or five weeks. We should be on at least 27 and maybe 29 competition points. You know, talk about a man that should date a few more big-titted bitches. <laughs> and then at the end of that, so what was that? at night thinking about referees in the West Tigers. So what he was doing, he was having a whinge about the referees and everything, and then asked if he would support a move to introduce a coach's challenge similar to what's used in the NFL. Flanning and said, I think definitely we've got to look at it. I know of two occasions this year where we would have used our coach's challenge and we'd be on four more competition points. It definitely has merit. I, I agree, although when you use your coach's challenge, what do they do? Send it up to the video ref for him to fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then those guys... Maybe they should just give each coach a gun Yeah, and... You know, when they want to hand someone a card and say, I want to use my coach's challenge, they get one bullet. Yeah. They put it in, spin the barrel. You know, maybe one less referee in the ranks. Maybe not. Who knows? They fucking, <laughs> they, there's as much guesswork and, and dumb luck involved as some of the decisions they make every week. Why not? No? That's it. I mean, if it has to be Harrigan and, uh, and Raper that actually, you know, justify these decisions, why not have them in a, you know, central fucking control position or something where yeah. the, they're the ones that has to have to go through the challenges. Yeah. Because let's face it, they're not going to be coming thick and fast. I mean, the, you know, they, they are going to be able to handle each one well, as they come through. If you have... I mean, there's only... What's the maximum? Two games on at once? Yeah, exactly. So... Two games on at once, twice And they could be... You know, with the technology, I think we've discussed this before, but they could be at NRL HQ. Yep. Really, they wouldn't have to go do all this travelling. No, they could be at home in front of Foxtel. Yeah, honestly, have a wireless yep. hookup. Yep. Watch the game. Yep. What do you reckon, Bill? Bill will say, "Well, nah, tell me bullshit. what you, yeah, tell, well. you th- tell, tell me what you think of my hair first. Stuart Raper. It's beautiful. What do you, what do you think, Stu? Yeah. It'd be like, "What'd you say about my dad?" Fair <laughs> enough. I wasn't ever as good as him, but I tried. Now I'm the referee's <laughs> boss. Dad was never the referee's boss, and uh, they'd probably fuck it up too. So. Yeah, I say give them give them each a gun. Yeah, I, still, I don't think that's the answer either. Oh, Let's well. leave things the way they are. How about that? Well, Manly seem to complain about referees as much as anyone else. So there's probably if it shuts Manly coaches and fans up, then I say bring in a coaches challenge. Could you imagine? We we would literally if Manly fans shut up. No, I cannot imagine. We'd that. be undefeated every season. Yeah, and you win every game forty nil. No, no, we wouldn't do go 40 nil. Every, every game. Every single fucking game, you'd win 40 nil. Now you're being ridiculous. No, I'm being, being You're being ridiculous. Being yes, we'd win every game. No, the score lines would vary. Some would be close games. Some would some be 50 nil. <laughs> some, some, some would be 60. Exactly. But, you know, minimum 40. But some, but no, but some might only be 6, six to 10 nil. <sighs> but yes, you're right, though. We'll be nil. <laughs> Shane Tronk has been arrested on drug charges. Former NRL player Shane Tronk has been charged with supplying dangerous drugs. 
He was issued last week with a notice to appear on the charge allegedly steroids. The former Brisbane Broncos and North Queensland Cowboys prop, he played in the 2005 NRL Grand Final for the Cowboys against the West Tigers. He retired last year after succumbing to a recurring neck injury. He is due to appear in the Townsville Magistrates Court on August the 8th. He began his career playing as a junior in Arana Hills, north of Brisbane. However, it was North Queensland that gave him his shot at the big time when he was recruited by the Cowboys in 2004, making his NRL debut the next year. In 2006, he wed longtime girlfriend Amy McDonald in a ceremony in Brisbane, welcoming the first of two children one year later. Played 125 games for the Cowboys and 22 for the Broncos before he was forced to retire due to injury. And was probably on steroids at whole time. Maybe. I'm going to say definitely, allegedly. And Look, there's a definite drug culture at North Queensland Cowboys. Hey, and don't forget, I mean, he's been busted just after he's got out of the Broncos cult. You know, maybe the Broncos sucked him into it. Well, I mean, you could say that, but there's a fair bit of, you know, I mean, say what you want, but what was that? Uh, was it Mitchell Sargent? Yeah. He got done for coking it up. Yep. And he was an albino. Yep. If albinos are turning. And you can't, you can't, well, you can't, you can't trust albinos anyway. You can't, really? They're like I mean, rangers? No, they're, they're, they're far beneath, they're far worse than rangers. Really? Yeah, I mean, rangers don't have souls, but I mean, like, albinos don't have, like, Skimping it, they're like they're like soulless fucking wraiths, man. They're like ghosts. Wow. Hello they chew, any, they eat babies. Hello, hello to all our albino <laughs> listeners. Oh my goodness, our followers just dropped by one thousand. <laughs> <laughs> fucking albino. Seriously, if you're an albino, can you please tweet at us? Because I'd I'd just love to say hello. Yeah. And yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> i tell you a story, but it's wrong, so I'm not going to. Fair enough. <laughs> Leave that one offline. I bet it doesn't involve uh, Shane Tronk, who not I at all. Not consistently at all. want to call Scott Tronk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hark back to uh, West, Western Suburbs glory days. Yeah, I mean, strange one. Doesn't really strike me as a, as a juicer. Yeah, you know, easy money. I mean, I, I, you know, I know people who've done it in the past, and you know, it's it's incredibly easy to you know to get the stuff, and then you, you know, might have some juicy stories to tell, and uh, some pass names it. to take down with him. Yeah, and that's 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 exactly right. I mean, you has know, he been that, injecting them into Jonathan Thurston's ears? I don't know, but I mean, the testing the testing regimes and everything these days are pretty good as far as, and they do involve off season as well. So it's not even like guys can ride a bicycle, you know. Yeah. Just, just over Christmas time, and then come back, you know, with another five kilo of muscle on them for the preseason. <laughs> just saying, uh, JT's is disproportionate. Brent Tate's chin, yeah, disproportionate. Yep. Kane Linnett's hairline, yep, disproportionate. I'm just saying. <laughs> what else? They might got? all be on the roids. <laughs> just not very good at injecting them into the right places. And geez, you could explain Robert Louis' anger away too if he had been up the Cowboys a couple of years earlier. Too. <laughs> <laughs> NRL, you got a lot of news tonight. NRL, they plan to have some Sunday night football, um, up to ten matches each season on Sunday nights. Three of them beamed in from Perth. They're looking to play a Sunday twilight game every two or three weeks, kicking off at six thirty p.m. Some Sunday evening games will be played before traditional Monday public holidays and during the daylight savings months. It's understood the Sunday night game would be moved from one of the Saturday seven thirty p.m. time slots. NRL officials believe the Sunday evening game would attract healthy television ratings and would not jeopardise the weekly Monday night match. We've also considered. 
looking to daylight saving and holiday weekends to create further Sunday twilight games, the interim chief executive Shane Matisse confirmed. Another weekend time slot would help the NRL convince television networks to shell out the billion dollars it wants for broadcast rights. The three commercial stations seeking Rugby League, 10, 9 and 7, are keen to discuss Sunday night matches. The AFL always already plays Sunday nights. The success of last weekend's game between Manly and New Zealand in Perth has only increased the NRL's desire for more games there, with officials eyeing, eyeing three matches per season. And a, and a team, the Pirates. Arr. I'm With just their puffy uh, jerseys. Sorry? With their puffy jerseys. <laughs> How magnificent would that be? It would be. And they all have to run around with one wooden leg. Well, I think and a cutlass. Yeah, no, no. And one eye puffy, puffy jerseys. Ah. They can even do it like, you know, with you know, sort of padding it's or sort of ribbing. fucking pirates they? It's like, you know, like... The, authentic like, shit. Like the Seinfeld episode when he's wearing that puffy shirt. Like, that's, what, that's what I'm envisaging. <laughs> that, throw a sponsor on the front of that and a number on the back. Love it. Done. <laughs> why, why aren't you the NRL commissioner? Well, you know... You're not the first person to ask that question. <laughs> I mean, there's been a massive, massive push for me, and uh, I won't be able to do the show next week. Because <laughs> <laughs> you'll be doing your interview? I've got, I've got to fly down to Sydney for, for, for something like I'm not A coronation. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, my first order of business will be to uh, apologise to the Stuart brothers for the harsh handling of the hands of the <laughs> Fucking hell. Can I be... <laughs> Seriously, if you get to be commissioner, I have to be you like... We have to do it in tandem, surely. And I'm um, and just I'll be, to give some levity to the situation. And I'll, and I'll be um, I'll be mentored by by Arco, so you can uh, tell me all the tricks. Oh, so I can basically en- so I can engineer the competition in favour of Manly, because <laughs> been in balance for so long, we've been swimming up against the tide the whole time. Wow. So yeah, need a level playing field for well, I'm looking forward. To, they're obviously uh, starting to lean towards WA getting a team. Yeah. It would seem that that's uh, yeah, but they're not. They put they put a, a hole on expansion anyway, haven't they? So have they? Yeah, clearly it's not for a little while. next year. But yeah, not next year. But I mean, why not be for even like you know twenty fifteen? Oh, that's too like long that. to wait. I want new teams. Why? You got huh? your team? Yeah. For now, a couple more games. The Tigers might win. You're looking to jump off, are you? Oh fuck off! <laughs> Jesus H. Christ. Look, I don't blame you. I don't blame. I don't blame you. Mm. I don't blame you. But yeah. um... I'm all for Perth games, though. I mean, they got a good crowd, like over 20,000 there. I mean, it made a decent sound. I mean, once again, it was the same syndrome that you get at the Gold Coast than in Brisbane, though. Yeah. I mean, it was all Kiwis. <laughs> is there any... Is, I mean, I think Sydney might be the only city that's not completely infested by Kiwis in yeah. this country. How did they get all the way over there? I don't know. They got, must have got lost or something. Across the Nullarbor? What the... <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know how they made it. Jeez, you'd make some decent hungies in the... the you'd make some decent hungies in the desert. The ones that are over there, I mean, they're clearly running from something. <laughs> I'm going to say the police. Yeah, yeah. Immigration, perhaps. But, but yeah. I, I I don't know how they got there. No, me neither. But um, I mean, I even saw some of the Manly players, I think it was like Joe Nolivan, saying, you know, just like Kiwis over here yeah. in Perth. So, uh, yeah. That's a lot of Lada Nevers and Mazda 121s <laughs> to get across the fucking Nullarbor. <laughs> Jesus. All right. South Sydney are making their plans to get their premiership tattoos. Nathan Peets has pointed to the area on his body where he'd love a premiership tattoo. I've kept this side of my stomach tattoo-free in case we do win one. Premier's 2020-12, or whatever year it is, said Peets, who yesterday became the first player to publicly express his excitement about a Bunnies grand final triumph. 
Coach Michael Maguire and his players have gone to great lengths to play down Premiership talk. But Sunday's 32-6 win over injury-depleted West Tigers, which moved the club into second place, only further convinced long-suffering Rabbits fans that their 41-year title drought is about to end. Oh, that's what convinced them. Yeah, beating the fucking West Tigers. The worst wow. Team, the worst team that the Premiers. Tigers. Premiers. The worst team the Tigers have probably put on a field in many a year too. Since last week, anyway. <laughs> but uh, Pete stressed his sole focus, focus was on the trip to the Gold Coast on Sunday, but he quickly found himself dreaming of September and beyond when he spotted his heavily tattooed teammates at recovery. This is starting to sound like a love story that you'd write. So, too, did the Bunnies back row Jason Clark, who said, we've got five games coming up. We'd love to win all of them and go from there. But seeing Matt King's premiership tattoos, Michael Crocker's, Roy Asatasi's, Greg Inglis's, all their premiership tats, just seeing them, it brings a smile to your face thinking it could be on us. And basically, everyone is named there, with the exception of Roy Asatasi, doesn't actually have a premiership. So, I'm not sure what they're fucking referring <laughs> to there. Those other dickheads have obviously got t- very, very regrettable tattoos. They haven't been able to afford the laser surgery to get rid of their forged <laughs> premiership tattoos. I mean, that shit would drive me mental. <laughs> Look at that. I mean, this is like this is like a permanent knife stabbed into your arm. Well, you know, whoever really got it. I so, just yeah. think it's a little bit premature. I would think Mr. Maguire, as they said, he's gone to great lengths to, to play uh, their premiership chances down, as you would think, but... Jeez, their fans are starting to get a bit carried away. Exactly. And when you hear stuff like that from the players, just shut up, guys. Yep. But it is, I mean, we're recording this on the 31st, so I mean, you know, they always love being the premiers in July. And <laughs> here they go again. The NRL, speaking of the grand final, the NRL is preparing for an epic grand final day. Two kilometres of fencing will be erected around the stadium to create a carnival precinct that will include... Slash keep Warriors fans out. (laughs) That will include themed grand final team bars, interactive games, rides, a merchandise super centre, family areas, food stalls, corporate supporter group marquees, coffee shops, family fun zones, and a variety of football-related activities. There will also be a pop-up Eat Street and Wine Bar with live music and footy action on big television screens to be fair I mean they always have like the the food stuff everywhere outside the grand finals yeah I don't remember it last year well last year we, I was a bit drunk well last year A we were drunk and B we rolled up in the bus pretty much straight to the thing we yeah. didn't walk down like if you walk from the train station though I remember in 2008 there was yeah they had like little food things the whole the whole way around like probably 20 or more um it was fantastic. Uh, no other sport in Australia will boast such an exciting grand final spectacular with the 83,000 fans holding grand final tickets able to move in and out of the area all day. NRL officials claim the extravaganza will revolutionise how league celebrates its big day. The project is being created through a partnership between the NRL, ANZ Stadium and New South Wales Government. The Carnival Precinct will give fans attending the Grand Final game a game day experience unlike anything ever before. That man, Shane Matisse, again. Grand Final Day is such a... a to say this weekend. He does, he does. He's trying to obviously cement his position. Grand Final Day is such a special event on the calendar and this precinct captures the excitement and atmosphere of the day and is all about giving fans an experience they'll never forget. It's a really exciting innovation to our week of Grand Final celebrations and I can see it becoming an integral part of future Grand Final tradition as it grows in the future. I, I, love, I, I love the idea. I think, it's, I think it's fucking amazing. I think it's going to be awesome. I look forward to attending the grand final uh, West Tigers themed bar. Sitting there with everyone drowning their fucking sorrows. <laughs> Which is that? 
<laughs> I think I have a feeling there's not going to be this year. There's no, I have a feeling there isn't going to be 16 bars. I think it's going to be two bars for the actual teams that are in there. Oh, I thought it might be one for each team, and the Tigers will be ninth in the row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they sell like you know team themed stuff as well. Like so, the West Tigers are just basically have Metho. Like, I was going to say Metho, but you know, yeah. I mean, if they if, you know for the West part, obviously, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, like the Penrith might all, you know, have Woodstocks or, you know, early times. <laughs> Old Crow. Old Crow. <laughs> what a magnificent idea. I think it's awesome. I, I look forward to being down there on Grand Final Day, although I haven't got my tickets yet. No, it's a bit rude. That's all right. As, as I said to you before we started uh, recording. I'm not sitting with manly fuckheads again. So when the, when the tickets go on sale for the manly members, we'll grab some then. I'll grab some for you and then uh, we'll be able to sit with the uh, the winners. I'm not sitting with manly fuckers. <laughs> you had a great time last time. You'll be your best grand final experience ever. <laughs> not. Recaps, first game we had on the weekend. The Gold Coast Titans, 36, destroyed the Sydney Roosters, 16, in front of a stellar crowd of 8,134 people what a at Allianz. disgrace. An absolute disgrace. The tries, the Gold Coast Titans, their points came through tries to Scotty Prince, Bo Falloon, Jamal Idris, a double to William Zillman, and Matty Sharma got one as well. Conversions, Princey was 5 of 6, and he also got a penalty. Sydney Roosters, they had tries to Mitchell Pearce, Mitch Orbison, Tinarau Arona and Braith Anasta was two of three on the conversions. The Roosters actually started the game fairly well, I thought. They came yeah. out of the blocks. Well, they had like a 10 nil lead, didn't they? They went to 10 nil, I think, before the Titans even got on the board. And it just goes to show if you can weather that early onslaught from the Roosters, fuck me, they fade dramatically. Mm hmm. <laughs> Yes, yeah, they didn't really offer. They that. got really, really bad, really, really fast in this game, and and they maintained that level of um not even looking like they wanted to win for quite some time. Yeah, and uh, and it just got worse. And towards the end, you know, the Titans were just you know toying with them. It was one of those games, you know, where they were pretty much you know scoring at will by the end of it. Yeah, exactly. I I think the Titans are starting to head back to their form of um those couple of years where they made the semis um and got within a game of a grand final, but I just. I think they, they've probably only got another season or so to get the best out of Princey. Yeah. I think it's sort of now or never for them. I'm not convinced that sort of Shrama and, and or Caesar are, are going to be the guy, you know, even next season. They're, they're very, very good players uh, playing their roles at the moment, but I'm not sure they're the guys that are going to carry the team on their back and lead them around the park yep. consistently every week um, as they're getting from Princey at the moment. Yep. So I, I sort of feel it's now or never for the Titans – I don't know that they can win the comp, but I think they're going to get a really good shake. This is going to be the year. Otherwise, they're going to have a couple of years of, of developing these younger guys. Not saying they're not going to be capable ever, but they're just not ready right now. And I think if they don't do it, make a good shake of it this year, they're going to have to wait a couple of years to get the best out of these young blokes. Yeah, I'm not even prepared to say they're going to make the finals yet. No, well, I'm mean, not not convinced on that either. It's, they're in that logjam of teams, and it's only going to be a loss here or there that's going to cost them or you exactly. know get them in there or cost them a spot. So... Um, they're touch and go at the moment, but they're they're in in form at the right time of the year. Yep. As for the Roosters, the, surely the screws has got to be slowly turning on Brian Smith, and given his history, you know, you'd probably be if it was any other case, you'd probably be confident he might be able to turn it around, other than Stephen Kearney. Yep. Um, 
But given his history and the way things have turned out at other clubs for him, when they've started to go sour, they haven't really turned around. Yep. And I think even Politis has got to be starting to question the team's commitment to the coach at the moment. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like last year, they kind of had the excuse. There was a lot of disruption and everything. Sure. You have to kind of, this year, that, that excuse doesn't exist. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. I'm not, to their credit, they're not really trotting out the excuses. No, but no, but I mean, what I'm saying it, is like... There was, Smith that, isn't saying much at all. There That's, was a really disruptive reason last year why the team, uh, you know, underperformed, I thought. Uh, but this year, that, I mean, that excuse has been removed and they're still, you know, as bad, if not worse. Mm. Worse, I say. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go to Twitter. Sure. Uh, Troy underscore 79 said, a great win by the Titans tonight. With Prince back to his best and a gun forward pack, they could be a real dark horse. Hash Tigers in decline. <laughs> Berkeley underscore Eagle. Be a lot of that tonight, I think. Yeah, oh, there's going to be a lot of it. Roosters, uh, Berkeley Eagle. This is Berkeley underscore Eagle. Roosters fans are psychic now because they normally leave before full-time tonight. They left before they got to Allianz. Fuck. That's a, that's a disgrace. Yeah. I mean, if the Roosters were flying high, um, you know... There'd be 20,000 at their games. I'd say there'd be 12,000 at their games. Yeah. Never, well, maybe it's not quite late enough this season. If, yeah. they, if it was a semi-final game, the, the band we're going to be pumping. But yeah, they're never, they're never a team that has, uh, but has massive turnouts. Yeah, 8,000? Not good. Really? Not good. That's like Canberra in the snow kind of crowd there. Canberra fans are still rock up. You'd still get yeah. more than 10,000. Oh, I don't know. Was that game they played then? It was a Okay, let's take cost. the snow out of the occasion. Yeah. Let's say it was minus two. Yeah, yeah. Canberra fans are still rock up. Yeah, probably. Uh, Stuart Marler said reports of a small gang gathering in Moore Park have been quashed it's just a 24 strong crowd at the <laughs> RL <laughs> uh, R-Pops R-P-O-P-S-H well there go the Tigers out of the 8 Glen. there's always next year bloke LOL hash Tigers in decline <laughs> because of course with the win that the Titans got in this game it did put them um, at the time temporarily Propelled uh, them, if you propelled will. them into the into the the eight with the Tigers and a couple of other teams having mm-hmm. game in hand, uh, and we've got Aussie. Oh, sorry, no, we've got Mad Dog underscore and no space. Well, I'll be fucked in the ass with a sledgehammer sideways in the eye of my penis. The Titans are in the eight. Hash Idris is still fat. <laughs> well, and um, there you go, there you, there you go, Sean. You got you got a tweet on the show because you tweeted earlier in the week and said, "How do I get a how do I get a shout out on the show?" Yeah, and I said, "You start know, by not fucking begging, you desperate prick." You know, be, you know, give us a funny, give us a funny tweet or um or, or knock up your missus and have a kid. And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's that seems to be the two uh, short Clearly fly he didn't ways. Have this the latter in him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he didn't want to wait nine months for his tw- for his shout out. I suppose <laughs> Aussie one 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 nine eight. LOL at Queensland oh, getting GC versus East. It's like New South Wales get Jessica from True Blood and Queensland gets Tab Sport bets resident horse Jamie Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually funny when he's not slagging yeah, me off. Yeah, and it's a, it was a sensational reference too because he knows that um that I'm I'm super partial to Jessica from True Blood and she's she's uh, my one my one true love outside my wife. Wow. Okay. What so, about Brett Stewart? Well, he's a good player. But I mean, like you know, I'm not going to penetrate him. Shit fan. <laughs> oh, okay, so, so you're going to penetrate Benji Marshall, is that what you're saying? Or if Robbie? It, I mean, if they win a premiership, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not going to be responsible for my actions. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're taking the, uh, it was, it was a hino that was dropping all the F-bombs out of the two. You're taking the two literally. I, mean, yeah. I, I don't think he meant that's what you had to do to him. <laughs> uh, next game, St. George Illawarra Dragons, 26, defeated the Melbourne Storm, 18, down at Wynn Stadium in Wollongong, crowd of about 11,500. Dragons, their points came to a hat-trick, ding, 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 to Brett Morris. 
Both Scott got a try. Trent Merrin as well. Chase Stanley, three of five on the conversions. The Melbourne Storm, their 18 points came from tries to Will Chambers, Kevin Proctor and Ryan Hinchliffe. And Cameron Smith was 100% three of three on the conversions. Brett Morris. Another hat trick. Yeah, and some of the like the sort of long rangey sort of yeah intercept look good yeah. yeah. He um do you remember was the last season or the season before where um sportsbet.com that were putting out special lines as to whether Brett Morris I think it was got the more start, tries yeah. than the entire opposition. Yeah, I think, I think it was like the start of last year because he finished the year before you know in super red hot form. He um or actually may have been the premiership year might have been the two thousand and ten. He's in a mentioned. bit of a patch at the moment. Um, I think he he went really well when they moved him back to fullback, but as a winger, he's clearly on another level. Yeah. It's just, you know, he's a good footballer regardless, so I think no matter where they play him, if they played him in the centres, he'd go all right. If they play him at fullback, he'd go well. Um, but some guys just excel, you know, yeah. in a certain area, and he's just a fucking great winger. Yeah. A great finisher. He's fast, uh, good hands. He's, yeah, just, he's in a good patch of form at the moment. He's good to watch when he's on song. Yep. Are the Storm in a slump, or is the NRL suddenly just cracked the code for the Storm? I'd say that there's. The, I say there's the, the this slide started with um, just Origin hangover and you know Billy Slater injury more, and that sort of thing. More than no, I'm saying it started at that, yeah. but now they keep losing. So now I think you know it just has actually affected their confidence and you know that kind Lost of lost a bit of their aura. And yeah, yeah, teams are starting to jump on them a little bit more. Yeah, and. You know, and they have the confidence, giving some of their recent results, that they can stay on top. It's, they're not sort of there waiting for the storm to lift and get run over the top. And I think they're mentally, I think they're mentally fucked at the moment too, because unless you give them a reason to turn up, mm. like you know, the only time they've actually turned up and been anything like the storm that you expect is the Brookie one, and it was obviously you know massive hyped up rematch of the yeah. all in brawling, and like they haven't, they just haven't turned up, and their attack has been fucking dreadful. Like lacking, lacking imagination completely. But even those weeks where Slater was out, the first couple of weeks, that they, they didn't look to be that far off. No, no, they were, they were okay actually. Um, you know, for some of them. But then they've, uh, you know, losing to Parramatta, and that yeah. was a game in which they had all the possession. They were pretty much camped forty meters out from Paris try line for the entire game, and still didn't win the game. But five losses in a row. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. This, this is fucking dreadful. Yeah. It's this sort of thing Tigers do. Exactly. Like Melbourne fucking storm. Exactly. Well, I mean, it was last week was the first time that Bellamy's lost four in a row. Yeah. And so now he's up that to five in a row, setting a new record in a big way. No, I mean, he's got to be facing the act, surely, Bellamy. Well, I mean, his contract's coming to an end anyway, and I think they're talking, what was it, potential roosters, was it, where he might end up? I think. I well, I'm history. just saying, before yeah. the West Tigers signed Tim Sheens, yeah. Craig Bellamy, they went after him very, very hard. Yeah. And missed out. Yeah. And got Tim Sheens. Yeah. Just saying. How's that worked out for you? I want to have a second crack. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, then then in two years' time we'll be hearing about you know all these maritime apartments that all the players get given <laughs> in their wives' names and shit. Brown paper bags with Woodstock vermin in them. <laughs> Take the boys out of the west. <laughs> exactly. Look, I'm. Uh, I was pretty impressed with the Dragons' performance all up. Their defence was pretty good, although Melbourne's attack, as we just said, is. Fairly well off song at the moment. I just want to talk about Dean Young. Yep. What the fuck is with this concussion rule? It's clearly a bullshit rule that doesn't actually ever get enforced. It's it's not something that would take... You know, some of these guys, these commissioners and the hierarchy of the NRL, there's some, there's some intelligent guys in there. I mean, you take Wayne Pearce out of the equation, there's some smart people in there. Yeah. How yeah. the fuck can they not come up with, okay, we've got X amount of doctors 
How many doctors would you need? To- these are the accredited, these are accredited yeah. ones. They've got to see this doctor and be cleared by this doctor. Well, they can't play. No, your club doctor can't do the, make the call because obviously you're going to... Of course you're fucking... Just not the player. You're, right, you're right, Dino? Who's Dino? Okay, he's good to go. Yeah. Like, I mean, he what wasn't the even, fuck? He, he, wasn't even, he didn't even get a concussion. I mean, he, <laughs> he, he, he got fucking like Forrest Gumped. Like, he was lobotomized by that tackle. There's no way in hell he wasn't concussed. He got taken off. He was out cold for yeah. minutes. Yeah. He got taken off the field in a neck brace mm-hmm. and a medicap. Yep. If that's not, you know, a, a precedent for a week off, yeah. at least, yep. I don't know what is. What are you yep. going to do? Yep. I agree. I agree 100%. It's, it's just not something that's difficult to get right, and they just fucking dance around it. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And, you know, he had a good game. Don't get yeah. me wrong, Dean Young. But it, as as has been, you know, reported quite heavily, the, the NFL has actually gone very, very extensively into research into concuss- concussion and head injuries. And, you know, the effects, you don't see the effects. You know, who cares? Who's going to care about Dean Young? Five, you know, to eight years after he retires, yeah. when he can't when fucking like, remember when, when, when to put 50, his shoes on in the morning. When he dies, when he dies at the age of fifty, yeah, and when he just like drops some dead. Of the, like all some of, of those guys, like you know, the linemen and stuff like that in the NFL, and then you know, there's some of them that like you know because their their brain chemistry gets fucked up, so they get depressed and kill themselves. Like what happened with um with uh, Junior Sauer, who used to play for who used to play for. Can't remember, but San he, Diego. He, he San Diego, yeah. I mean, he killed himself. It was only like six months ago mm. or something like that. And he had some other. There was another uh, famous case of a guy that played for the Patriots who who actually died of a degenerative fucking brain disease mm. that is like linked to you know concussion and you know constant impact to the head. So I just you know probably similar be it to Dean Young or be it any number of Dallas Johnson, any number of other guys that have had you know that have Multiple been knocked out. Yeah, you know, I just don't get why they don't take more care why don't they have accredited doctors that clubs are forced to see and forced yeah. to get clearance from yep. for the sake of the player you yep. know it's all well and good for Dean Young to run out run out and have a good game for the Dragons and, and contribute to them winning this game um, you know in 2012 in 2020 when Dean Young's family says remember that time where he played and he had that good game when yep. it was a week backed up after massive concussion well, can you contribute to his funeral cost, please? <laughs> you know? It doesn't make any sense. And I just can't believe in this day and age with so much research that they don't take more care. Speaking of uh, funeral costs and, uh, and, and people who, you know, you know, arguably St. George means won't really care about the degenerative brain injury, mm. Jamie Soward absent from this game. Yes. Nathan Fien fucking guns in the half. Yes. The Dragons attack looks the best it has in fucking all season. Maybe mm. even, you know... Uh, arguably, I mean, they did have some decent. I mean, they put a flogging on you guys like in round three or something. You know, early early in the season. Yeah. Thanks uh, for bringing that up, though. That's I'm okay. not sure what relevance it has to your argument, but just that they did score points earlier in the right. season. Okay. But lately, you know, points have been hard to come by, and this one, you know, there was a lot of free flying attack. Yeah, there was an intercept and everything, but I mean, you know, they still, you know, got twenty six points on the board. I'm just saying. I was talking to my mate who's a real estate agent in Wigan. Okay. And he was saying he just sold an unidentified party, a really, really, really small house with no furniture in it, just a cat pole. Hmm. Read into that what you will. Yeah. Now, can I go to Twitter? Sure. Troy underscore 79, back first off the rank again. Wow, what a shit game of footy. Dragons were terrible in the second half. A storm were just fucking woeful. Hash storm in decline. Uh, gee, there was a lot of delight taken from NRL fans, all from all persuasions. 
A lot of Melbourne haters, isn't there? Oh, but yeah, rightfully so because I mean they. I don't they, necessarily hate Melbourne. I, I don't. I, I respect Craig Bellamy as a coach, and I think they've got some great players. Fuck, people jump all over them when they lose. They brought the game into a massive disrepute. You know, they probably, did. You know, they so did. People and won't forget that. Yeah, I, I don't begrudge people having their own personal opinion of the Storm. Um, I'm probably more of the tack that, yes, they did do the wrong thing. Um, it was pretty hideous what they did. They've sort of done the crime, done the time, and you know, you can't just, I can't hate them forever. What, what are you going to do? Hmm. That's just, I can't just fill myself with hatred. That it, I'd just be you. I was going to say, I hate it 15 teams. Yeah, you hate <laughs> life. <laughs> You I, I love life. I love life. No, you hate life. I you love hate life. Everything. I don't hate everything. I just hate fifteen you NRL hate teams. That's all I hate. You hate the world. You hate me. F- fifteen NRL you teams. You hate me. I do not hate you. You fucking told me on numerous occasions you hate me. You fucking say that you hate me all the Sorry, time. I always and you send me text messages stuff. and shit about how I hate you, abusing me. Yes, exactly. Don't ask me if I'm fucking alive. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not. <laughs> so, well, so Glenn's objecting to me asking, sending him a text asking him if he's still alive after the Tigers lose. That's what he's saying. Anyway, back to Twitter. Bemson Meister. Subway. <laughs> this is for the wrong fucking game, but I'm going to read it anyway because it was just funny. Subway are introducing a new sandwich called the Idris. It's a whole pig in a bakery. <laughs> and what happened was, Bemson Meister got so. And the reason why it was under this game is because he actually got bored watching the game I think he was watching the Dragons game and he got bored so he said I'm just going to make up facts about the Pudding the Pudding Brothers and started yes. just making up random shit about Sandow and Idris and, um, and Adam Blair and uh, tagging them hash Pudding fact and so there was a ton of them and I think I put that one in there because it was probably the best one that he did uh, Cambo 96 St. George I mean guess what this one's going to say hmm St. George does the Rugby League world a favour handing those filthy purple cheats at Melbourne Storm ALSE the, the five losses in a row, hash, eat a dick. And that was actually the cleanest one that he did um, because yeah. there were a couple where he went right off. Mr. Bowles, the uh, NRL underscore Dragons win the hash Jason Riles Cup, but Rugby League was the loser tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Bemson Meister again, penalty against Cray for hands on the ball. Just wanted to feel what it was like to have just one ball, let alone a pair. Hash, sex pest. Wow. <laughs> Next up... Saturday, 5.30 game, this one was. The Canterbury Bulldogs, 32, defeated the North Queensland Cowboys, 18, at Adam ANZ Stadium. Just over 15,500 people there. And the Doggies, their points came from, tries to Kristen Inu, still, no still jamming the No-Dos nickname. He's ben, top shelf in the No-Dos at the moment. <laughs> ben Barber, hat-trick, another hat-trick. Sam Perrett got a try as well. Uh, no dos five of five on the conversions and a penalty goal so a good night at the office for him defeated the Cowboys their 18 points came through tries to Thurston Antonio Winterstein and Kane Linnett and uh, Thurston a three of three on the goals I don't think the Cowboys are going as well as people think yeah, oh, and but the, the the counterpoint to that is that that scoreline does not reflect the the game at all. I mean, it was very very close to the end, like sort of five minutes to the end. The Cowboys were sort of down twenty to eighteen, I think, and they were right in it. So, it's I think they were scrappy against the Tigers, and they were outclassed in key facets in this game against the Dogs. I think they they need a strong performance and a victory to you know over an, a quality team to, to blow out some cobwebs. I, yeah. I just I think they're they're been fooling a few people in the NRL at the moment and they got their chance this weekend slipping. anyway sorry they got their chance this weekend anyway who they got this weekend Manly oh they'll get thumped it's at North Queensland though they'll get thumped okay we'll, but anyway, we'll talk about that later what more can be said of Benny Barber 
It's fucking. Well, I mean, you pretty much filleted him. You send out, you send out tweets to filleted him sort of once every so often. You know, he's fucking magnificent. I would watch that guy play every day of every week. If only he was more Polynesian, oh, and, and I would more pay tattoos. money to do it. If only he was more Polynesian and had more tattoos, he might be favourite player in the world. <laughs> Probably not, but. He's, he's odds-on favourite to take out the Dally M. Has to be. I don't know anyone's even going to be close to him. No, he's he's, he's having a he's now he's definitely having a Jared Hainish run. Just those tries that he scored. Yeah. Just fucking give me a break. Yeah. Absolute freak. Love watching him play. And dogs dogs fans just must go. I don't know fucking where he came from because it wasn't like he was a highly touted. He just come started on the bench oh, a few times yeah. and. Remember, he was always scoring tries off the bench. I mean, his attacking prowess was never in doubt. But now, you know, they found the position for him because he was coming on. He wasn't coming on as a fullback. He was just coming like, you know. Yeah, exactly, like an interchange utility kind of role. So now at fullback, obviously, he's got more time to do stuff. You know, he gets more time with the ball. uh, He can pick and choose his moments. Exactly. He does it well. Um, Just love watching him play. Um, My my question was, what more can be said of Barber? And I've just rambled on about him for three minutes. Exactly. I think dogs is having an effect on the NRL with, with this uh, forward tip-on sort of passing style. And yep. You see it just in recent times, probably in the last month or so. I've seen some other teams starting to try to employ it a little bit, um, try and you know take some of those um, traits into their own style of play to less affect than what the dogs are doing. Obviously, you know the dogs started this you know that sort of thought process in the in the preseason. It took them a little while to find their groove, but yep. once they got into the into the habit of it and and really bought into the concept and and you know how they were going to structure their play around that, um, they haven't looked back since. And I think that's going to be the next trait, one of the next traits of the NRL. I think a lot of teams are going to start. I think we look forward to next season. There'll be a lot of teams, you know, adapting that style of play. Um, teams with you know reasonable ball playing forwards. Yeah. Gareth Ellis is going to England, so I don't know who the fuck's going to do it for the Tigers. Adam Blair, short pass to Adam Blair, mm. out the back to Adam Blair, coming through in support. Mm. Now give away a penalty. Four man cut out pass to the winger Adam Blair. Yeah, <laughs> try. And then he'll give away a penalty. <laughs> Knocked on him. <laughs> he'll give away a try, and yeah. Adam Blair will put his knees into the back of Adam Blair and lift his leg and chicken with his arm. Give away three penalties. <laughs> Just everything the dog is doing. He's turning the gold at the moment. You look at, you know, Josh Reynolds' play, everything Barber's doing. They bought, you know, a washed-up Chris Ninu from the Warriors who couldn't yep. even crack first grade and have yep. made a fucking champion out of him in a heartbeat. Yep. You know, from his first game for them. Yep. Um, you know, everything Hasler's doing, um, this interchange of passing thing, you know, it, it's everything is turning the gold for them. My only question is, we've spoken about maybe they've peaked too early and, and I was talking to mate, Last night, as a doggies fan who comes to the Broncos games as well, and he, oh, what are they won eight, eight, nine, nine in a row? Nine. The moment yep. we've got five weeks left, yep, and then four weeks of finals, yep. That's, that's they a definitely have peaked. seventeen game winning yeah. streak to they, take out the comp. Yeah, and they had they have definitely peaked too early. There is going to be a crash. They need now, They need a loss. I or hope two. for the sake of the doggies fans that their crash isn't like the Titans, you know, a couple of years ago where it's just like blasted, and even the doggies that year too, I mean, yeah. just blasted out in two, you know. Because that you know, if that happens, you know it's going to be pretty devastating. I think to the fan base and to the and to the team itself. Well, they've they've built so so much hope at this stage of the season. Yep. Um, I think a loss or two 
had to, you know, whether it cost them the minor premiership or not, I think a loss or two by the end of the season is actually going to do them a world of good. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think so too. Your team, they can't go into the finals, you know, with that kind of streak because, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of coaching, you know, doesn't matter what sort of I'll know, be the first person to stand and applaud if they go on a 17-game winning streak and take out the comm, I'll say, well, fucking two good Bulldogs. Yeah. Um, but, fuck, once you, once you get over that threshold and enter the finals, yeah, you know, can get into that point where you only need one loss and you don't want it to come on, you know, in the end of a 15 or 16 game winning streak and wish you, you know, wish you had had one six weeks earlier. So, yeah, exactly. Um, more autumn, please. Quiet game. Couple of, couple of hits. Yep. Not much in attack. One no. pass over the sideline. Yep. Um, just warming, just warming to the occasion, of course. Miss, miss is by Hasler. In just, in a, yeah, in, poor coaching. In a sign that, you know, his coaching's not that great. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see him more involved and I'd like to see him get uh, a lot more minutes in coming weeks. Agreed. Need to hook Ennis for him. How about that? Agreed. GT351 underscore Johns. That's nine in a row and Benny Barber, once again, a freak. A great effort again. Matty Bowen was great for the visitors. Go Bulldogs. Bemson Meister. Nodos has two more points in this game than the Eels have had all year. Nice one, Para. Hash winning in decline. <laughs> Obviously, he went off a bit early there. Super Grover 4. The difference between JT and Ennis. JT shows a dummy, Ennis spits a dummy. Fair enough. No news there, but I mean, to be fair, I mean, you know, JT spits plenty of dummies in his life, you know. Yeah. He's, and he usually spits them at his, at his uh, you know, teammates. teammates. Yeah. And the refs. Did Josh Reynolds get his tips on shithouse tackles from the same gypsy who made a mess of his hair? Hash <laughs> shithouse. That's funny. Um, Bemson Meister, though, just a tip. Just a, yeah, I guess a geography tip. We don't have the gypsy problem that you have over there. <laughs> so calling people gypos and stuff is probably not really an insult that you know, translates too well in Australia. Fucking uh, The Riff Man. Ben Barber's on fire, but he needs a mode of transportation before we start talking about Hane 09. Hash Barber Bus. Hash Jared Who. Be the fucking Barber Boeing. Yeah, I'm not a big fan Hane of Barber plane. Bus or Barber Boeing. Oh, I, I, don't know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't have a better option, but I just those those ones just don't roll off the tongue. Barber bike. He just makes it action like he's riding a bike. That's fairly intimidating, isn't it? <laughs> Barber Segway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Freak 09. I just want to remind you, Gronks, that after Inu's first game with the Dogs, I called him Revelation. You bagged me on the show. Oh, Hash Nostradamus. <laughs> Fuck you. We'll continue to bag you on the show if you keep fucking trying to take credit for shit. Shut up. Go <laughs> make another kid, you Gronk. <laughs> Bemson Meister again. I'm not sure the Cowboys' tactic of not bothering to tackle Josh Reynolds is going to work. Hash tackling in decline. <laughs> And uh, and this is this is one I had to bring up just because I was, I was outraged and appalled by it. Mr. Bowles, a Penrith fan, doesn't tag the people uh, in the tweet, but he does tag the club. Cat. In other lol-worthy news, Joel Romolo is playing halfback for the at NRL underscore Bulldogs tonight. Hash, he's a cunt. Hash, banned from Panthers club. Hash, so, how dare you. Hash... Not his fault that Trent Waterhouse started him off and became a punching bag as a result. Yeah. Should so. call him the fucking lumberjack, chopping down trees like Trent Waterhouse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, moving along. The Penrith Panthers, 21. Controversially defeated the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks, 20. At Toyota Stadium, 7,848, so less than the Chookies. Disgrace. I remember, when they, remember when they had to shut the gates on Toyota Stadium earlier in the season? Fans had jumped off already. Um... And what is the reason for that? 
Cronulla's actually in the top four, or yeah, at least they were. Not anymore. Sharky's in decline. You reckon? Yeah. Fan fan numbers in decline for sure, but... Yeah, yeah, no doubt about you it. I think they'd still rock up. Like, oh, hidden in their depths of despair last season and the season before. I mean... Yeah. They were getting decent crowds then. They're back there now, but they got a real good start this season, so it hasn't quite reflected Jesus on the table Christ. yet. The Panthers, their points came from uh, tries to Michael Jennings, a double to Lockie Coote and Matt Robinson. Uh, Luke Walsh got a field goal and two of four on the conversions of the night. Sharkies, they had tries to Jeff Robson, uh, Ricky Liotelli, he got double, and Tyson Frizzell, Chad Townsend, uh, he had a crack at field goal, missed. He was two of four also on the conversions. There's a lot of hate coming from Penrith, uh, specifically their fans. Really, really, like, really, really fucking, like, targeted, like, vicious, vicious fucking hate. I don't want to single out at Mr. Bowles, or Mr. Underscore Bowles, isn't it? Uh, No, he's just Mr. Bowles. Just Mr. Bowles. Yep, straight through. Um, I don't want to single him out, but I'm going to. Um, He's got a lot to say He the Parramatta equally, too, though. Gives it to the Sharkies about stealing Penrith players. Yeah, and in um, fact, the first Luke tweet Lewis actually down is his... put his hand up and asked to leave. Yeah. I don't know you can begrudge any other club signing him after that. Yeah, fair enough, they signed Michael Gordon, but he wasn't yeah. exactly on the best of terms with the Panthers club either. I mean, you need to look within, mate. Yep, yep. And that's actually his tweet is the first one I've got down there too. Oh, really? But we'll no get to that. He had plenty to say. Yeah. Um, I mean, this has got to be as good as it gets for Panthers fans to see their team win. Um, you know, especially in Golden Point, very exciting, all the rest of it, but... This result's a body blow for the Sharkies. Oh, absolutely. Like, they really needed, you know, this is the sort of game, if they're serious top four contenders, this is the sort of game. Um, yeah, much like the West Tigers, they just take care of business against teams like the Panthers. Yep. Um, you know, and when you're a genuine top four contender, much like the Tigers are, um, and Cronulla want to be. Are you from uh, the future? <laughs> or the past or something? Because what, oh, what, what you're saying doesn't exist in 2012. Um. You know, these are the sort of games they should really be winning and they shouldn't have got into a sort of scrappy dogfight to, to lose in Golden Point. They should have had control of the game, uh, you know, fairly early on. And, and, and they kind of did have control of the game. They just weren't scoring the points. Yeah. So Todd, Todd Carney, yep. um, is, is he really going to be the guy that's going to lead Cronulla's attack through the final series? Well, he's going to have to be, isn't he? Although, having said that, Jeff Robson scored a try and he looked like he had footwork. He looked like yeah. Jamie Jamie Lyon out there. I mean, he made him look ridiculous. So that's much to the eternal shame of the, whoever was marking up on him from the Panthers. Yeah, I guess, you know, if they if they can go into the finals with, with Gallon Smith and Wade Graham in reasonable sort of form, then that gives a good platform to Carney to work off the back of and he'll look like a genius. But when it all comes down to him and Robson having to generate it, yep. it, it just doesn't happen for the Sharks. Yep. This isn't the Roosters of, of 2010. <laughs> yep, and also it does illustrate you know how important Carney and uh, Gallon are to the side. I mean, they kind of got a win, I think, a win or two maybe with them out around the Origin time. Yeah. But yeah. now you know they're still yeah they're out and it's gone to shit. And, yeah, you know, I mean just this, this game Carney. where they had to rely on Robson um, to to try and make it all happen is one thing. I just you know in even in recent times when Garney when Carney has had to play without Gallon, yeah, um, he just hasn't he hasn't looked like he's he's going to be that guy. Yep, exactly. So I just that's my concern. You know, this results one thing, but you know, as they move forward the next few weeks and and hopefully into the finals, if you're a Sharkies fan, then oh, I know he's done it before with a different team, but that was a very different team, and he also had you know a, a much better partner in the halves. Yeah, yeah. So, how much better would Cronulla be if if Nathan Gardner was playing? 
I don't know. That was a shrug for people who can't see yeah. what we're doing right now. I I I think that you know they're definitely missing something there. Him sort of bursting through off you know Gallon and Smith and and even Graham at the moment. The form that he's been in in recent times. Yeah, well, the, the important point in this game to note is that um, and coming as someone who clearly has slammed both of these sides every chance I get over the past three seasons. Yes. The Cronulla Sharks were dead set fucking robbed in this game. Absolutely. This is the thing that I'm talking about. I mean, yeah, this happened and blah, 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 and that happened. But at the end of the day, they were fucking robbed. Um, now, the first, there, were th- there were three points of contention, uh, essentially. The first one was uh, the offside, Tim Grant being offside from the kick. Now, I've seen a screenshot of that, and it's pretty fucking clear that he was. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty pretty much not in dispute. And especially when referees are in a bit of a habit at the moment of calling teams offside from the kickoff. I mean, what happened? It happened uh, even last night last at the Power night, Game, yeah. didn't it? Mm-hmm. Um now, the next point was, okay, so that's fine. That should have been a penalty, and then the Sharks would have kicked that, and they would have been down, you know, probably, you know, 25 metres out, and they would have been able to just run a set and kick the ball dead and, you know, game over, or kick it into touch, you know, game over. Next thing, the ball going 10 metres. Now, the Sharkies want to claim that it didn't. Uh, I think they're full of shit on this one. That The, the ball clearly, uh, it, it as a short kickoff, it went up high in the air, drifted back, landed probably about 10 centimetres before the 40 metre line, so actually short, but then it took a massive leg break over the sideline, but you can see with the shadow of the ball, it clearly went probably a foot over the 40 metre line, yep. so it did go 10 metres. Was it was it unlucky for the Sharks? Extremely unlucky. Was it unplayable? Definitely it was unplayable. They couldn't touch it before it went the 10 metres, um, of course, So and when it did hit the 10 metres, then it took that massive bounce yeah. and everything, it was unplayable. So there's nothing they could have done about it, but there's nothing illegal about it either. And um, the third thing was the uh, the the coot offside for the charge down, and he 100 percent was. And the referees even said something to each other about it, like you know, you know, was that all right? And they just kind of let it go, and they never sent it upstairs. And yeah, rest is history. Yeah. So there were two occasions there where uh, you know the Sharkies could have got a penalty that either way would have seen them win the game in 2016. Fact remains, Cronulla should have been a 10 point better side than Penrith, and they weren't. Exactly. Don't like the situations like this where you know we have an exciting match, finishing golden point, and everyone walks away talking about the referees instead of the athletes. And yeah, it's, it's again very, very frustrating. Yep, and it wasn't a lot of tweeting from this game either. But uh, Mr. Bowles, as we mentioned, he's uh, sent a tweet to the Cronulla Sharks Club account. Eat a bag of dicks, motherfuckers. See anyone else that impressed you tonight? Hash can't buy all of us. Well, to be fair, I don't think they want to be buying you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, we had a- and if they did want to buy you, they wouldn't have to pay much. Yeah. And Aussie11198. Another Sharkies lost. I haven't seen a decline like this since the West Tigers from 2005. Hash Tigers in decline. Back to being a cock, that Hash kid. undefeated ninth place premiers. Asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next. I think he actually likes me. <laughs> oh, of course he does. He wouldn't, he wouldn't give you so much shit otherwise. Fucking hammers me. Every week. Next up, match of the round, mighty Manly Seagulls, 24. Quite easily accounted for the New Zealand Warriors, 22. <laughs> Over at Patterson's Stadium, formerly, formerly uh, Subiaco Oval down in Western Australia, and uh, a crowd of 20,095 people. Uh, Manly, How many did we get to the Roosters game? 8,000. 8, and something. And How also many did we get to Cronulla? 7-something. 7, 7, yeah. yeah. So it was, Perth. Still, it was still 25% more than those two games combined. Yes, you're right. Um, okay, so Manly's points came from tries to... Wolfman, Kieran Foran, 
a double to Cherry Evans and Jorge Tofua, Jamie Lyon, horrible night in the boot, Benji-esque to say the least, two of five. I mean, admittedly, they're pretty much all touchline ones, but still, two of five is unacceptable, Jamie. Uh, Defeated the New Zealand Warriors, their 22 points came from tries to the beast, Manu Vatavai, Lewis Brown, Kevin Locke and Sean Johnson. Maloney, better effort this week from him, three of four. Just want Jorge Tofua. He sounds like he should be wearing a sombrero. Yeah, people say... And people an anorak. Say, people say George, but I mean, come on, it's clearly Jorge. It's Jorge. Exactly. Every day of the week. I mean, you know, if, if, if people are pronouncing it George, then that's that's saying his parents were stupid and made a typo on the birth certificate. It's, it's Jorge. Exactly. And he should wear a sombrero. Like another Probably player whose name we're going to get to, the way we pronounce it is the correct way and everyone else can fucking fall into line. That's exactly right. He should have a really dirty moustache and drink... Lots of tequila. Yep. I was going to say Coronas, but... Quite frankly, after his performance in this game, which is, uh, if he wasn't the man of the match, he was he was certainly in the top three players. Um, he can fucking do as he pleases. Yes. I suspect he'd want to be called Jorge, and so he shall be called. Manly did well to hang on and, and storm home in this game, but what the fuck is going on with New Zealand? That they've set a new uh, unenviable, I guess, record for the NRL. The um, mm. first, first side to concede consecutive defeats after having an 18-point lead. It's the sort of thing you'd expect. That, that's the sort of record you'd expect the Tigers to have, for sure. Yeah, or remember... remember even, team, yeah. They, no team capitulates Even quite Manly like the started, like, was it 2009 when they were, you know, they, they let Leeds go? No, that was 2010. It was 2010, was it? Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, same sort of thing there. Just, that's demoralising. Yeah. A lot of young guys in that side. Yeah, and they, yeah. You know, that sort of thing plays, plays in a man's mind, Nathan. Yeah, and on I mean, this occasion, I don't think it was... Uh, like last time against the Knights, you could say it's probably because they, I mean, Mateo was carving up, and for some reason, inexplicable reason, they took him off. Mm. Um, this time, that wasn't. I think the reason. I think it was really, really fucking poor coaching to send Conrad Hurrell out there after he sort of went off early with an ankle injury, then sent him back on in the second half. Cause when you looked at when you look at what Matt I did to him, yeah, uh, and and how he schooled him with when he was effectively on one leg, yeah. Um, you know, you could have had a fucking corpse out there. Yeah, and Manly realised real back. quick, just sent everything, everything left. Yeah. Well, at first it didn't work. See, Manly would have won this game much easier if they had have done it earlier. But the problem was they couldn't do it earlier because they had a fucking liability. Renamed, renamed Salad back in the lineup. Hmm. Fucking laziest performance I've seen from a player since fucking the last, the last time he was Salad. <laughs> the last time his name was Salad. Jesus Christ! There were times when Manly were going on the burst. And he's just fucking ambling about 10 metres behind the play in no position to take a pass and, you know, back up or anything to, you know, back up the ball carrier. And there was a really funny point where in one of the tries, you can clearly see the ball comes from somebody to foreign. Foreign swings around down the left-hand side. He goes to pass it, sees Tony Williams, cuts it out and gives it, sends it to Matai. <laughs> he plainly, th- you could see that he clearly thought about passing it to Tony Williams and it's like, oh shit, no, it's Tony. And sends it out one man further so that Matt I got it. I wonder if they'd know those games where he's just... Not on or whatever, yeah. Let's just say, he, he was like that in the grand final. He was a bit, yeah. Um, I just wonder if his teammates know when he's on and when he's not on. Yeah, because in the grand final, he just never really saw much of anything. No. He's got it, yeah. And, you know, he started out this season with a bang and made Origin and all the rest of it. Useless ever since. And to be fair, he's even useless in Origin. Oh, I think he has... Especially the third game. The third game, yeah. But he was he was fairly well underdone. Yeah. Second game. Yeah. Was, he was fairly impressive, yeah. I thought. Um, 
I want to talk about Manu Vatawai. Uh, he's had a, the last couple of seasons be fairly big for him. Yep. He's got a lot of tries. Yep. Made a lot of fuck-ups. But, and, and both of those have become his trademark. Yep. He's, he's known for his fuck-ups as well. The quintessential rocks or diamonds. Absolutely. I just want to say this season has been a lot less tries and a lot more fuck-ups. Or maybe the same amount of fuck-ups, but a lot less tries. Yeah, but I don't know what you're saying about this game. Well, it just seems... I'm he was, just he wondering. was good in his game. He had the captaincy in this game with Mannering being injured. And I thought he actually... Um, he went okay. I mean, they didn't, they, you know, they didn't get a lot of. He didn't get a lot of ball, and he didn't get a lot of traffic down his side either. I mean, they had that one try against Wolfman, and there was nothing you could do about that because it was the standard Stuart to Jamie Lyon to Wolfman thing. If he doesn't unstoppable. If he doesn't start ramping up his output, if the da- balance tips much further as far as fucking fuck ups to tries, yeah, he's he's becoming a liability. Well, as far might, as I'm concerned, he might just go. To, he might go to the Bulldogs and become a superstar. Maybe imagine <laughs> that. He was. He was okay. He was okay in this game. I mean, the the, the problems in this game. Um, the Warriors. Uh, they didn't stop believing until, the, until they were behind. Essentially, I mean, they, <laughs> with a minute, they, yeah. They, yeah, they played. They played. Uh, they they played worse in the second half, and they made a couple of mistakes. But you know, they had their opportunities as well, and they started the second half very well. I mean, they scored pretty much straight away. Um, it was weird. Like I mean, I think Manly realised that Hurrell was out there, mm. and they were, and the all-out assault on the left was going to begin insta- instantly. And it was pretty much immediately in the first half. I think it was, or maybe it was immediately after they scored a try. Brent Kite just went for a massive fucking cutout pass off the kickoff to Tafua, who was in open space, but it was yeah. forward. But I mean, he was away and would have scored. So they, they, I think they real, identified that left-hand side pretty quickly uh, was going to be the money side for that night, which is kind of strange. Coaching. Yeah, yeah. Lots to work on for Manly, but I guess wins are wins at this stage of the season. So. And I think the way that they won, I think, I mean, the, the first 60 minutes or first 50 minutes of this game was absolutely fucking terrible. I mean, I think I said online at the time that um, it's it's the worst I've ever seen Manly play since we had guys like Grant Wooden and fucking um, Gary Winter playing in the side. And that's what I'm talking about. That's barely after the Northern Eagles era. So, you know, really, really bad days. But There was a lot of Manly fans turning the game off. Oh, yeah. I wonder how many of them actually seriously did that. Well, the ones that either they did it or they're filthy liars. So. <laughs> um, but the last 20 minutes, very reminiscent of some of the stuff that happened last year, like the game at uh, the double header in uh, whenever it was like round 11 last year, round 12, when uh, they tore the Broncos apart. Some of those things where, you know, they actually started backing up the guy with the ball and the guy with the ball, would, you know, would then have the confidence just to throw a ridiculous miracle pass over their head and it actually sticks and then, you know, goes for a try. Uh, and so yep. as far as like the tonic that they needed, I think, to get their attack back on track, you know, the desperation and, you know, just like casting off the shackles because they had nothing to lose might be one of the best things that fucking happened to them. And now this week, you know, they're looking at being full, full strength for the first time in 2012. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's not a guaranteed thing with Watmo, but, you know, it could be big. Yes. Now, Twitter. Dragons underscore Red V. What a great game. DCE had a blinder. I bet Nate's boner still hasn't subsided. And no, no one hasn't. And he said, uh, hash, more cock talk, please. Hash, sex pest. Hash, cold soup ladle. <laughs> and uh, he's, he's going to say, uh, both 7.30 games were fucking great tonight. Just shows how much better the NRL is than the AFL. Hash, gay FL. And As if that was ever in doubt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I just I didn't have a massive boner. It was really strange because I was so fucking pissed off with Tony Williams and just the way the team was playing in the first half and so I was just like I was in a shit mood and then they started scoring and I'm like uh, and because people are asking me like you know are we going to win and I'm like 
<laughs> well, we just scored a try, but no, we're not going to win. And then we'd score another try and go, okay, I, I see a light at the end of the tunnel. A light just turned on, but I don't think we're going to be able to get there. And then we just started like, scoring at will, like, holy shit. And when they scored the last try, I just started laughing, like hysterical, like I was mad. Like I didn't, um, I wasn't, yeah, you I wasn't, are. that's because you are, You're I wasn't doing, lunatic. I wasn't, it was weird. I wasn't doing laps of the, laps of the room or anything. I was just sitting there, I just, I couldn't stop laughing because I was just like, we were so fucked. And we still won. And we still found a way to win. So it was just, it was a good thing. Um, Life of Ty said, uh, "Fucking pink prick still didn't take it off us. Try as they might, hash manly in incline. Hash, hash boom. Fault. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ref talk through a thing, and 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 I'm, I know it's unusual for me, but I I didn't say a thing about the refereeing. You didn't. Uh, you didn't. In the course of that game, um. Fuck, a lot of other people did. Yeah, in retrospect, there were, I mean, there were a couple of weirdly inconsistent decisions, I must say. Like, there was a, a situation in the first half where Wolfman jumped up to take a, a bomb about a, like, probably three metres out from the Warriors line, took it, got clubbed in the head high, and then landed backwards, and the ball, I think, landed just on the line. And so, rather than check for a try, the referee's given a penalty for the high shot. And gone. I've already given the penalty. I can't look at it being for. I can't send it upstairs for a try. Interesting. That's bullshit. I've seen that happen before. And I mean, given that if it had been a try, it would have been an eight-point try. Yeah, because a high shot. So you know, just weird things like that. And then there was another situation where, um, where the, I think Wolfman or someone tackled someone, or um, maybe it was Matai. I think it might be Wolfman. He tackled someone. They sort of slipped into it. It was, it was a penalty, nothing in it, sort of high tackle. And you know, when he complained about it, he said, you know, any you know, the contact, initial contact was the head, so it's always a penalty. I said, okay, fair enough. Later in the match, Bure gets clubbed in the head by Russell Packer, who's got it in his game and is known for Definitely. it. Definitely. He stays down. It looks up to... They go look at the video referee, play on. <laughs> like, shit like that. It's just like... It's, it's frustrating. I mean, if you're going to literally say something like, you know... And the thing with the, the Watmo chicken wing, at the time, the video referee called down to them and said nothing in it. And the referee's gone, the video referee said there was nothing in it, but I'm going to go on my hunch and report you. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough too. Fucking see referees using their brains. Just ridiculous. Or not. Yeah, or not. Uh, Cage 007. The Sea Eagles win tonight. Just proves my theory right. They should move to Perth and be Western Sea Eagles. And he, he soon changed his tune on Monday night. Aussie 11198. Just a bit of advice to the Warriors. You play like the West Tigers. You're doomed for years of winning fuck all. Ash Tigers in decline. <laughs> War mess. Here we go. Warmess underscore. W-A-R-M-E-S-S underscore. God, it's good to be a Warriors fan. <laughs> now, if you'll excuse me, I'm off to gas myself in the car. As Warriors in decline. <laughs> uh, Bemson Meister. Jason King has a brand new sternum injury, apparently. Clearly, I had no second one hand ones available. Idiot. Hash retard. <laughs> and I believe that was one of the... Uh, I can't remember who was commentating that match, to be honest. But yeah, it was... Um, I know what they meant. They meant because he had like a pec injury yeah, uh, yeah. late last season. Um, so yeah, yeah, strange. Uh, Cambo ninety six. Wow! Exclamation marks times six. Well below our best tonight, but we showed so much fight. I was a fuckhead for doubting DCE and KFOS. Hash shit fan. <laughs> and uh, Eddie NZ Warriors really missed mannering and luck in the second half. Harrell should have been hooked way before Matt High had his way with him. That's true, and he sure did. Um. And then speaking of our idiot commentators for this one, Brayton Astor came out with a classic at the start of the game. He, uh, he, Brayton Astor clearly does his homework. So this is Dragonpunk12 who's uh, tweeted about it. Brayton Astor clearly does his homework for games. He tipped Manly because of one, Brett Stewart being there, being out, and two, being at Brookie. 
I don't even know what to say to that. So he's got some how kind of, these guys get gigs? That's, that's so he's got some kind of agenda against Brett Stewart because he, he thinks Manly are strong side if he's out. Ugh, whatever. Um, moving right along to the next game, the Newcastle Knights, 36, defeated the Canberra Raiders, 6, in front of a crowd of, there we go, we're talking about Canberra Stadium, just over 10,000 people there. So, they, yeah, they did beat the other. Um, all those was like a Sunday afternoon, so it's got to be as warm as it gets down there. The Raiders, well, we'll go to Newcastle Knights first. Their tries were scored through... Darius Boyd, Akawila Uwate Pate, Kevin Nagama, Tyrone Roberts, and the debut on the try scorers list of the one and only Robbie Rochow. Not Rocco. Rochow. And uh, the Raiders, oh, sorry, uh, Tyrone Roberts got five of six and a penalty goal. Raiders, uh, a try to Blake Ferguson and a kick to uh, Jared Croker. He's going well, Tyrone Roberts. His goal kicking is getting really good now. I mean, like I remember, he was kind of an each way proposition. Like, sure. You know, maybe you know, just Benji. Had a touch of the Benji's ben- Benji, or just you know, maybe slightly better than that. Uh, now he's he's Jamie Lyon. Oh, yeah, he's got the line <laughs> on the line. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus! All of a sudden, the Knights are one of the Forbes sides in the NRL. Yeah, it's like nice, and ca- nice and Knights, nice Knights, Dragons. I just. I was impressive with the way the Knights played. They really controlled possession and completed their sets, and and their defence was resolute. And dare I say, they played they played like a Wayne Bennett coach side. They very much did. It was like St. St. Jude's Castle Awara. <laughs> <laughs> Just very, all the trademarks were there. That they seemed to finally get it and finally buy into it. Their last. Uh, month of footy has been really impressive. Coincides with the emergence of Rochow just quietly. Well, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't want to take credit for it, but. You know, Let's take credit for it. We discovered him. Yeah, absolutely. We, I mean, we talked him up when he was, you know, when he... Reserve grade for the Storm. Got 12 minutes and made one tackle and had one run. I think he dropped the ball too. Made a mistake. And too. one error. Yeah. <laughs> um, in, in his 12 minutes of, of quality play. But, you know, what, what's a Uate Partey without a try for Rochow? Exactly. Exactly. And... Uate was, he was, he's back to his best. And let's, and let's not forget, we got, uh, we got Fluffy in the house as well. So, yeah, Jesus, you know, it's like it's, a, it's a, it's a, it's a nickname extravaganza. I tell you, he's begging for a nickname is Blake Ferguson. What are you gonna call all him, Selfie? Up, all I come up with, fuckhead, but Selfie, <laughs> Selfie. <laughs> <laughs> That's what his nickname is. Selfie. There you go. We got it. Um, yeah, impressive performance from Newcastle. Uh, very much a polar opposite from Canberra. Um, unfortunate for their fans who, who braved the, the cold and, and went out and watched their team get thumped. So, uh, unfortunately, it's, it's happened all too often this season. Too, much, too much coaching by fucking Ferner and not enough coaching of, uh, from Shandor Earl, who had the, the unbeatable game plan a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, he's... Uh, Been beatable he's, lately. He's got he's to gotta really think about... You know, he, he's a good-looking man, Shandor, but... Doesn't think before he speaks, and unfortunately, it's a bit of a trait of some people in Canberra. <laughs> <laughs> because you know you want to leave the Sharks because they'll never win a premiership. Yep. Uh, Whatever selfie. <laughs> just, just saying. <laughs> but yeah, no impressive performance. Um, Newcastle will be a bit. No one would want to face a Wayne Bennett coach side in the finals, especially if they go in on, on the back of a fair whack of momentum, which Newcastle would if they continue to win. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if anyone could get the best out of a out of a playing group, that's probably not going to be the most talented, save you know, a handful of players. Yeah. Um, if anything's going to get you know that inner belief and and the best out of you know a playing group that's probably slightly down on their opposition, um, it's Wayne Bennett. I don't. I, I wouldn't feel comfortable 
with my team, you know. You're not going to have to worry about that, mate. So no, just rest no, your rest, rest well, pretty unless head, Unless plays ninth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Big underscore red underscore Mitchell making a tweet. He's finally come on board the show. He's a legend. And do you remember Big Red Mitchell? I do. Do you know who he is? After I remember his it. face. It was a highlight of my grand final day when you looked up and went, that's fucking Keith Galloway. <laughs> And well, he heard you, and we were we were actually quite some distance away, but fuck, we were loud because we were super drunk. Because we were like ten cans down at that stage, probably. Yeah. And <laughs> and his, his face, we may as well have insulted his mother. Yeah, yeah. And kicked his cat. Yeah, yeah. Turns out he's a turns out he's a Raiders fan to start with, which I didn't know until just now. But um, and he hangs out with fucking Barjart Hanson. Fuck, he looks like Keefy though. He does. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my one of my main memories from that day. Actually, he looks as much like Keith Galloway as at Barjas Hanson looks like a pile of rags. He looks as much like Keith Galloway as you look like Carl Pilkington, which is to say a fucking lot. That's <laughs> it, doppelganger. Absolutely. Okay, and he sent a tweet in anyway. He said, uh, "Being a Raiders fan is the same as swallowing razor blades for a hobby." Hash shit house. Um, Maddie McCabe, Maddie underscore McCabe one. Awesome name, Robbie Rochow. Try. <laughs> Boom, Matty McCabe. <laughs> I love that. He sent like three tweets in with the Boom, Matty McCabe. He'll, he'll, he'll just, he'll, he'll, he also sent one in during the week without <laughs> Boom, Hash, Boom, Matty McCabe on it. I hit him up. Oh, I did that. didn't that. I got no reply. Oh. He's obviously too good. Boom, Matty McCabe. Oh. Hash, Boom, Matty McCabe. Yeah. He should change his name to Boom, Matty McCabe. <laughs> I think. And by Deed Pot, his actual real name. <laughs> Aussie 11198. Hi, welcome to McDonald's. My name's Boom, Matty McCabe. <laughs> Aussie 11198 that horrible feeling when you walk into that dressing room knowing you have to switch your brain off for 15 minutes while Fern is talking (laughs) and uh, the Chapo 82 Ferguson is so very shit it's not funny and there was a couple of tweets actually like that that saying how shit he was he puts himself out there so when he does have games like he had in this one um, he does cop it uh, yeah he certainly does cop it and he deserves everything he gets yes uh, Barjas Hanson Knights fan so he's uh, enjoying enjoying life lately Great win by the Mighty Knights. Top eight. Here we come. More ball work. Less selfies, Raiders. Get that up, yeah. A big red Mitchell. So, uh, yeah, he's giving it to Big Sauce. And um, and we've got another one here from uh, Keefe himself, Big Red Mitchell. The Raiders are struggling. The crowd is quieter than a retirement home at midnight. Hash, disgraceful. Well, there was only like 10,000 people there, dude. They don't yeah. get that loud. And uh, actually, they actually hung around. They were, they were leaving with a couple of minutes to go, but yeah. last week, yeah, 20 to go. <laughs> Troy underscore 79 well that's the season shit fucking effort by the Raiders today forwards are lazy shit line speed well, and lazy kick chase now is it champ it was yeah. over six weeks ago shut the fuck up I was going to say I thought, I thought it was over when fucking cat's hair went off <laughs> last year uh, yeah. Campo 37 the pain of seeing Canberra get fucked by the Knights is offset by the joy of Rochow running wild hash next the mortal Jesus so it's beautiful to hear from a uh, clearly a listener of the show yes. clearly Next game. I had to come to this eventually this week, this episode. Glenn, I apologise. Let's get over it. South Sydney Rabbitohs, 32, defeated the West Tigers, 6, in front of a crowd of just shy of 30,000 at A&Z Stadium. Dear, oh dear, what a fucking debacle. The uh, Rabbitohs, their tries came to uh, Nathan Merritt, Jason Clark, Dylan Farrell, and a double to Nathan Peets. Reynolds, uh... He got 5 of 5 on the conversions, also grabbed himself a penalty goal. West Tigers, they're 6 points easy. Try Benji Marshall, conversion Benji Marshall. One from one, eh? 100% Benji? One from one. Yep, 100% effort. Fantastic. Fucking impressive. You know things are bad when your side makes John Sutton look like the fucking juggernaut. Yeah. 
We t- we tackled John Sutton <laughs> once, and it was thirty centimeters out from our try line. He looked like an absolute fucking beast. Unbelievable! Every time he passed the ball, someone went through the line. Every time he ran the ball, he went through the line. He was like the fucking the reincarnation of fucking Freddie and Joey, and Arthur Beatson. <laughs> yeah, all rolled into yeah. one. Unbelievable! Fucking believable. Souths were good, I thought. And once again, they use it. We spoke about it, um, not last week, the week before, about the, using the momentum. That, oh, I yeah. think they use the momentum of a game as, as good as any team in the NRL. And, and the Tigers actually started the game quite well, I thought. Um, they controlled a bit of possession early on um, and built a little bit of pressure. They couldn't put any points on. Souths went down the other end of the field and scored quite easily and then backed it up with another, you know, another try and just ran a mark from there on in. Yeah. Um, they just never let up. They were 32 nil up before the Tigers even got a look in and scored another try. Um, and on top of that, the Tigers were fucking woeful. Some of the shit they were doing, like 10 metres out, like the passing just to nobody and no one's advancing yeah. and they're sort of standing looking around, pass it. Yeah. Like, it's the epitome it was, of Tigers in decline. It, really. was, yeah, it, was the, it was the epitome of like Parramatta at their best. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was it was shit house. My, my biggest, I've got some real concerns for the Tigers, as you'd expect after a game like now, this. But now you do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just concerned as to what the end game is for the Tigers. I think that they're just they're not playing a style of footy that is is lends itself to any sort of consistency. Yep. Um, their defence is poor. Um, they, they don't have the right defensive sort of attitude, which was supposed to be rectified when Gareth came back. And and I don't think Gareth's been hor- horrible. I think he's actually defended quite well. Yeah. He's probably not hitting holes like he he what you would normally expect from him. And he's still probably finding a bit of match fitness. But injuries are one thing. But some of the defence and the missed tackles are, are fucking inexcusable from a team that is far better than what they're displaying of of recent times. And when I say recent times, I mean this whole fucking season. <laughs> you think? Our most impressive wins are probably the Warriors game and, and the Cowboys game um, earlier in the year when we were in, in the yep. midst of that winning streak. But, you know, we beat Cronulla in round one, and as we mentioned earlier, we've mentioned numerous times, because Cronulla got fucking blatantly dudded by the refs. Yeah. Um, then we lost five in a row. Then we won seven in a row, and if you look at those, you break it down and look at those seven wins, two of those seven were actually impressive wins. The rest weren't all that kind of great. We it, got... Yeah. Parramatta scored 30 points in 12 minutes against yeah. us. Um, there was a golden point win over the Gold Coast when they were a bunch of gronks. Um, and still the opportunity remains. If we do actually string a few wins together, by the end of the season, we can actually make the eight. And if we go into the eight with a bit of momentum, then we've got the type of players that can actually make a bit of a run. And I was just wondering... Who is anyone going to remember just how fucking bad they've been for the majority of the season if they do actually scrape into the finals and then make a good account of themselves and everyone's like, oh, well, the West Tigers, well, they actually, you know, they were no. one game off a grand final again. I just don't want to deal in ifs and that. I mean, I know, I, I can't remember off the top of my head who the teams are in the draw coming up, but you've got five games left and three, got of, them Melbourne. Are, and three of them against teams that are going to beat yeah. you. This one here was one that I had marked down for a win for yeah. the Tigers. <laughs> um, so you lost this one. You've got rampaging eels next week on Monday Night Football. Yeah, and there's no, there's no fucking... Sandow's going to eat you all like a fucking sizzler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... If you lose next week, I'm prepared to call season on, on it. 
I'd have to. I'd tend to agree, given the momentum of some of the. Because you still teams have those honest, three games so. against teams that should that should beat you. You know, all things being yeah. even. And fuck, we've got to turn it around fast if we if we're a hope of making the eight. Um, but something just has to give. Sheenzy's been a protective spe- protected species for a long time, um, and. I don't mind him as a coach. I just think they need something new. They need fresh ideas. And whether yep. it comes from him um, or another coach, I don't care. But they need to they need to freshen up. They look tired. They look jaded. Um, and, you know, I, I would love to see Sheenzy in a, in a bit of a Gus Gould-type role at the yep. Tigers and maybe let a fresh mind take over the reins. Um, he can keep his influence over the playing group. Uh, he could still be the Australian coach and... You know, use his influence there, which you know, which netted us Luke Lewis. Oh no, that's right, he signed with Cronulla. Um, <laughs> and you know, someone like Steve George Alice could come in. He's the assistant coach. Yeah. Um, they need to they need to start falling into line with some of this wrestling shit. Pains me to admit it, but they're very poor. They get beaten in the wrestle. They get smashed in the ruck. Robbie Farah's, you know, say what you want about him, but if he's not the best hooker in the game, he's the second best hooker in the game. And he can't take advantage of his creativity around the ruck because we lose the ruck battle, fucking nine times out of ten. And because and because he gets played played as halfback by super fucking coach <laughs> idiot and genius, a genius exactly. <laughs> so uh, I'm just I'm a disillusioned tiger at the moment. It's very frustrating to watch. I know how good they can be, and I know they've had a lot of injuries, but there's certain you know KPIs to a performance from a team that that is amongst the. The, the upper echelon of the NRL and, and one of them is defence and they didn't show anything like that being that type of side in this game every time South wanted to run the ball they did so and they cut holes in the Tigers all fucking day long and it was painful to watch and then I had to put up with a condescending fucking faux sympathy from my son <laughs> fuck him fuck the Tigers fuck footy <laughs> alright let's look at the Twitter then hey where are we? Okay, uh, Bemson Meister. The Tigers' attempts to play footy in the Paralympics have been rejected on the grounds that they're too handicapped. Hash Tigers in decline. Here we go. And this is one tweet from, I mean, I, I had a request from Bemson Meister through the week to, to read out all the tweets from a B15542. And honestly, I just couldn't understand them all. So I put one in here, though, and people can make up their own mind. So it's, yeah, B15542 on Twitter. And, uh, ah, Bunny make the Tigers for ninth Tiger played as drunk as Fittler looked. Hash Tiger in decline. Tiger in decline. Hash Gronks. Hash Gronk. Who said that? That's a B15542. So he said like the Iron Sheik tweeting it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird. Um, and we've got Mark Hill. M-A-R-K-I-L-L. Maguire's South looked like a fir- his first year at Wigan, but with more talent. A good shout for the finals. Hash Magic Madge. Hash Tigers in decline. Agreed. I don't know why that hashtag doesn't fucking trend, you know. I mean, he's only trended once. I mean, it gets thrown around a fuck of a lot. <laughs> more than any other hashtag I've seen related yeah. to football. Um, Tiger Benji. Tiger underscore Benji. Of course, he should uh, definitely have a voice in this. Um no amount of trolling or hash Tigers in decline upsets a Tigers fan as much as having to sit and watch them play does. I'm Another disillusioned one. I'm with you, brother. Garbs, 1985. Two oh, tries from dummy half. Up. Seems West Tigers' line is easier to penetrate than Stephanie Rice's vagina. Hash Tigers in decline. <laughs> and I just there's two tries from dummy half. Both came from Pete's. Yeah. And I put it to you that um, given the fact that he plays clean... And doesn't have really a lot of niggle in him, and seems to be 
taking minutes anyway off off uh, Isaac Luke. If it wasn't for this fucking bullshit saving a spot on my body for Bunny's premiership tattoo, yeah, I'd like him a lot more. I, th- I, th- I think you'd be inclined to leave him there, even when Luke does come back. Play Luke off the bench if you have to, but um, he might be you know, he might be actually you know signalling the end of Luke at our South if he continues going on the way he is. Wow. Because he's not a guy that you know doesn't really seem to be a candidate for suspension and you know the sort of shit that you know you get every single year from Luke at some stage. That's right. There's, there's definitely uh, you know very little to no grub in his game. Yeah. Okay, and uh, finally Aussie one 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 nine eight. Wow, I haven't seen this much destruction since that light breeze crippled half the Tigers team last week. Hash soft. Hash Tigers in decline. I fucking hate that kid. <laughs> I'm going to hunt him down. You loved him I'm at the start of the episode. Him, I'm going to stab him to death in his sleep. It's turned already. Um, All he sleeps in his fucking cot, and finally, clutching his teddy bear. Monday Night Football, a game at which we were both in attendance. Yes. The Parramatta Eels, 42, defeated the Brisbane Broncos, 22, in front of a crowd of 22,000, just over 22,500. Uh, the points, the tries. Parramatta, they had uh, Luke Burt. Fui Fui Moi Moi, Justin Poor, and a double to Chris Sandow. A try also to Nathan Smith and Ken Seo. Luke Burt, ever reliable, 7 out of 7 off the boot. The Broncos, their tries came through Andrew McCulloch, Luke Capewell, Corey Norman, Lachlan Maranta. Peter Wallace was 3 of 3. Corey Norman missed his only attempt at goal for 22 points. So that's what Parra paid all that money for for Sandow. Yeah. Really, I mean, and he, he scored, he scored uh, two good tries. He showed some speed. Uh, to score the tries, sure did. Um, but I think overall, I mean, it wasn't like he was a uh, amazing. I mean, like his second try was yeah, just a solid game, and, and his second try was just like solid. It was just you know Terry Lamb backing up, yep. you know, just the and right place, right great time. Great ball from Jake Mullaney, who the Tigers let go. Yeah, yeah, and um, since I, I mean, the the thing I liked about Sandow the most is when uh, just before half time when they were leading, well, they're leading like thirty to six or something. Mm. Oh no, they were leading twenty four to six at the time, and he's gone up and like got up to do a field goal and had to bail out of it and then yeah. send the turn around spin around send the ball back the other way which resulted in a try uh, down the left hand side and um, it was funny just like everyone knows he goes for the the, yeah. the the premature the premature field goal so now it's a trick shot play like a fake premature yeah. field goal <laughs> he's uh, he's obviously thought about it and uh, seen the amount of games where he's kicked early field goals and the yeah. team's gone on to lose I think we're seeing the impact of a long season on a young side with the Broncos. Um, I don't think it's going to be that hard for them to turn it around. But I remember a guy saying that at the start of the season, actually. Yeah, really? Yeah. Some fucking gronk. Um, but it has to happen fast before they're in too big a hole. They're only a loss or so away from being amongst that group of teams that are struggling to, to fill the, the last few spots of the eight. Yep. Um, and they put themselves in a really good position, uh, performed really admirably through the origin period and, and, and had themselves in a really good spot to, to finish in the top four. And now some of their recent performances, they've actually fallen into a bit of a hole. And, it, and like I said, it's only a week or two, if, it, if they don't turn it around, where they're going to be right in that mix and, and struggling. Well, the thing you need to think about too, well. I mean, you don't think, you think the Broncos have been going okay in the back of your head and go, yeah, they're just, oh, they've got to watch themselves. But I took a look back over their results over the last while. They were smashed, smashed up by uh, Cronulla at home. Mm. Then they had a bye. Then they barely scraped past the Warriors and they would have lost that if uh, Maloney had, had his kicking boots on that night because they, I think he missed about three goals. Yeah. And then following that, they've they lost to the Titans, and then they got smashed by the Eels. Yeah. So their form over the last month and a half has been dreadful. Yeah, I mean, all, all the way back to the South game. Really. Yeah. The South game was their probably their last strong performance, I think. Yep. Um, 
injuries aside, Parra made the Broncos' defence look very much like the West Tigers. Um, every time they ran the ball, yep. it was very much like the Tigers looked on the Sunday. Every time they ran, wanted to run the ball, they did, and they made ground at will. That left-hand um, side defence of the Broncos just got carved. Absolutely. Rennie Matua also. Yep. Um, it was great to see him. He's, he was at his absolute best every time he ran the ball. Yep. Um, he had some good offloads, uh, was solid in defence. He had a great game. Um, having said that, it's two weeks in a row. Parramatta's really put it together. Uh, they were good against Melbourne. Their defence, especially against Melbourne, was impeccable. Uh, in this game, their attack was on song. And, and all I can say, this has all got to be a real slap in the face to Kearney. Yep. Um, and it really doesn't do his reputation any good. Yeah. And you look at, you know, he's had nine wins from 42 games. Yeah. Um, and the team comes out, and, and you couldn't imagine... Brad Arthur's coming with any more of a game plan than just go out there and, and have fun, boys. Have fun, do what you want, yeah. Um, he's only had a fucking week at the helm. Yeah. And that's exactly what they've done. They've gone out and they've scored 42 points against a team that was entrenched, has been entrenched in the top eight. Um, and and top four for, their, for much of the season, yeah. For, the, for their second win of the season in a oh, Sorry, for their second win in a row. Which is their first time they put two back-to-back uh, since 2010. And, yeah, like I said, Carney's reputation isn't isn't looking real flash. Um, it looks far more like an oppressive regime at the moment than yep. what Parramatta were under. And now they've sort of been... Their shackles are being released. They're actually showing some potential. Um, and all this was done without Jared Hayne. So... Really impressive. I was, I, I actually enjoyed watching Parra play last night. I yeah, can't remember the last time I, I said too. that. Yeah, I did too. It was great. I mean, fantastic being in the game when you don't really have any stake in the result. And yeah. So it was, it was actually really You enjoyable. do take a lot more in, I think. You take yeah, a lot oh, more you of, do, of what's yeah. going on in each little... You don't realise like, how, stre- how stressed you are or like how much, yeah. how much emphasis you're I realise how stressed result. I am during Tigers games. But, yeah. um, or, you know, I always like to think my senses, senses are, are heightened because, uh, you know, I'm so focused and, and my heart's racing at a million miles an hour. But, yeah. Um, yeah, when you're actually a bit more relaxed, I think you do actually take a bit more in. Some quality banter too. Gee, there's some pissed off Broncos fans <laughs> there. Jeez, crazy. Anyway, um, it's good to see Fooey Fooey massive charges without dropping the ball or fucking up to play the ball, you know, immediately after it. Um you know, there there weren't a lot of defensive lapses either, I thought. Um, you know, they had that period uh, in the first, what, five, ten minutes of the of the second half where the Broncos got a couple of tries on them. Yeah. But, um, you know... Other no, than that, I thought they were pretty solid. Hind Marsh was off, and, you know, and rather than being uh, a replicant of um, of Steve uh, Steve Kearney and um, not doing anything about it, the second that second try was scored, Hind is on, on. on his feet, and he was on before the, you know, on for the next kickoff. And then the Broncos didn't score for like another twenty odd minutes. And mm. then, you know, by that stage, Parramatta had put on some more tries, and it was well and truly done and dusted. Okay, um, Muggo eight. Eat a bag of dicks, <laughs> dicks, Boncos. Nothing better than being at the game and listening to Queenslanders whinge about getting a fucking hiding. <laughs> yeah, that they, they don't enjoy it. There was a lot of Para fans there too. Yeah, very tons. well supported, Parra. And um, there were times when you could hear, especially like, you know, considering their season, they yeah. had every right to not rock up. Yeah, you could hear a pa- like there was a parrot chant, like you know, reverberating around yeah, the ground. I thought absolutely. once again it was quiet. I mean, they had the yeah you know, the the guys I was there watching the game with uh, hadn't really been to Lang Park a lot, Suncorp a lot, and they were like, "Wow!" Like for Broncos games, they're like, "Wow!" It's you know, it's really quiet in here, you know, which is what we you know, something we've mentioned in the past. Mm. Paraman nineteen seventy three, who really does nothing to say because he jumped off his team months ago. But uh, the rugby league world is finally correcting itself. Para are winning, and the hash tigers in decline. Hash Glenn's temper on the rise. Yeah, what's that? I don't you? know. I'm super angry. 
Yeah. Just more depressed, really. Yeah. Cruzy 06. Unfair tactics by at Riz 666 by setting up a buffet at both ends of the field. Sando was playing like it was his last meal. So there you go. So your joke at the front of the show was stolen. it off Cruzy. It was stolen. How rude. Riz will back me up. He heard, he, uh, he heard me uh, set that one up when we were actually in the crowd. Bemson Meister, laughing at the para fans bumming Sandow. Don't worry, he'll be back to pissing in your faces next week. Hash fat mess. I think Bemson Meister's well got rocked by this performance because yeah. it took away everything he had. Uh, Cruzio 6, uh, as a fan of this great club, I'm embarrassed for not only the supporters, but also the Eels fans. Hash no heart. I don't think I don't think a Broncos fan really has the right to be embarrassed for the for the Eels fans. I don't think this, I just don't think it's necessary. I think the Eels fans are fine <laughs> without it. Yeah, I, I don't know why. why yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't get that. And uh, Bemson Meister. Not the first time Cruz's confused me with bullshit that he's spoken. Yeah, Bemson Meister again. Uh, this Sandow performance cost you 600k power fans because he's done fuck all the rest of the year. Hash fat mess. Jesus. Scotty Eel. At least Arthur's learned from Carney's mistakes. Hindy off. Two tries conceded in quick time. Hindy back on. Bronx can't bust them. Mm. I wouldn't say that, do it to that stage. But Highmarsh's like just his, his grip and like forearm strength must be ridiculous because yeah. the amount of times that he sort of gets pushed off, yeah. but he doesn't let go of the guy and drags him down like you know two seconds later. It's amazing. Um, you see, you see a uh, little pudding. Um, or, or, uh, sorry, I've got to give you a new nickname. Yogo, Yogo, <laughs> Yogo Sandow. Um, the little chocolate pudding. He's um. <laughs> he went for a, the shoulder charge and actually came off. Yes. Forced a mistake at one crucial point of the game, which is very interesting. Oh, um, that was on Corey Norman, yeah. who I have to say I was fairly critical of during the game, um, mainly because every time the ball went out to him, it didn't go any further. Yeah. He was like Matt Cooper. Yeah. And I just didn't really understand why, because not once did he really make ground when he flew to a dummy and stepped back on the inside. Remember, he was he was absolutely on fire, like probably 10 rounds ago, maybe yep. a bit more than that. And geez, he's fallen off. He has, and I guess we expected a bit of a dip from him. But fuck, if he let the ball go a bit more, he'd probably be, he'd probably get credited for a few line break assists, etc. Just pass yep. a fucking ball, Corey. Yep. And uh, we got the the Chapo eighty two. I think there should be a new hashtag, and it's Ben Roberts ruins. Yeah, he made a few errors. Dropped a kick off. Yeah, that was the crucial one. He dropped that kick off the first kick off of the second half. He's a fucking in. shadow, a shadow of a premiership winning play for the Bulldogs. <laughs> Okay. Oh yeah, Rachel. I swear Sandow looks like the Nigerian 120 kilo woman weightlifter. <laughs> I don't know who should be more offended. Year of a Panther. Anthony Griffin will be giving a halftime spray that will make Peter North envious. <laughs> wink, wink. And a Bemson Meister. Not since Mr. and Mrs. Burgess's sexy years have so many combined errors been made. Hash sex pests. Ouch. <laughs> we only called it uh, Phil Fark, F-Y-L-F-A-R-K. Chrissy Sandow shoulder charge attempt, hash, arms too short to tackle. And Maybe that's it. Yeah. And we've got CJ with, uh, so CJ, then four A's, Y07. Has Darren Lockyer taken over as the Broncos defense coach? How dare you, sir. <laughs> so, yeah, all in all, uh, tremendously disappointing uh Night for the Broncos fans. But, Very uh, much so. Parramatta, just the tune-up game they needed before the Tigers. Yeah, that's exactly what the Tigers need at the moment. Running into Parra in, you know, when they're striking a little bit of form.
previews. First game, Sydney Roosters versus St. George Illawarra Dragons. This is a game that no one wants to watch on Friday night. Um, <clears throat> is that Allianz Only the one game on Friday too. So I'm expecting 8,000 people. Yeah, I, I, what's, what is behind that? Is, like, is it a public holiday down there or something? Or I don't know what the deal is. Fucked if I know. Yeah, any case. Um, so, the Roosters. Well, you know, what can you say about the Roosters? They're pretty much the same as they were. Same lineup. The Dragons. At this point... We still have no Soward in there. And I guess it's going to be an interesting choice for uh, Steve Price to is make. Is he hurt? He is, he is hurt. I mean, I don't know if it's just like, you know, you know, like butt hurt for, you know, being left out or if it's, you know, hurt so he doesn't have to play for Shell Harbour. But it's an interesting decision for, for Price to make because if the Dragons click and, you know, throw in like another 26 points yep. this week and the attack's firing because you've got, uh, you know, Nathan Fien in the uh, 5-8th role. Yeah. You know, at what point do you say, look, you know, we're winning the games and maybe this might actually uh, cement um, Soward over to Wigan, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I don't think so. I think they'll slip him straight back into the side as soon as he's fit. Um, and in this game, I, I, I think the Dragons will be fairly convincing. I don't know that they'll win by a huge score, but they'll probably score the same amount of points as they did last week and I think they'll hold the Roosters to um, a fairly low score. Yep, I agree. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know the Roosters is going to have enough to, to score many points against the Dragons. Roosters has been terrible lately, and I don't see any reason for them to turn it around this game. Agreed. Next game, this is, as you said, Saturday. It's Saturday at 3.30pm. Melbourne Storm versus the Penrith Panthers. I just, the spine's as, as, intact. As bad as the Storm are going at the moment, I just can't see them losing down there to the Panthers. This is as close to full strength as the Storm are going to be, I think, at this, sure. uh, this stage of the season. Billy Slater's back. You've got Dane Nielsen, Will Chambers there. I mean, you know, Will Chambers obviously come over his blood disease or whatever it was, air quotes, mm. um, <clears throat> whatever that was. You've got Cronk, you got Smith. I mean, if they're ever going to put it together, I mean, how many losses mm. does it take before the Storm really say, you know, the mentally If they lose back at home the to the Panthers, fucking hell. Yeah, now the Panthers, you know. They put on some performances. I mean, or they put on. Let's let's say they put on some wins. Um, you know, <sighs> Luke Lewis still out. They're the better form side at the moment. I mean, because let's face it, the Storm are probably the worst form side in the competition uh, as played over the last month. Well, other than the West Tigers. Uh, did you have you won one in that period? Beat Penrith. Oh, there you go. So if they lose here, they'll definitely be worse than the West Tigers. Fair enough. If not, they'll be better. Like the others, four or 13 teams. Um, now, I'm going to pick the Storm at home. They've got to turn the corner eventually, and if they can't do it against the Penrith, who, although improved, are still not a fantastic side, they're never going to do it. I agree wholeheartedly. There'll be some serious questions asked of Melbourne if they get knocked off at home against the Panthers. Okay, next game, 5.30 game on Saturday. We've got the Newcastle Knights versus the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs up at Hunter Stadium in Newcastle. It's going to be a cracker of a game, given the form the Knights are in. The Bulldogs won nine in a row. Yep. Um, Newcastle sort and of Newcastle the decide to break the streak here. Yep. Well, you know, it's it's going to happen at some point. I, I can tell you right now, the Dogs are not going to win the whatever the seventeen games, or whatever you said you counted that it would take. It's just, it's not going to happen. Um, they're going to have to lose. They're going to have to be underdone, or you know, mentally just to touch off and get you know ambushed. Uh, the Knights, you know, I'm still not ent- entirely, you know, convinced about them just mm. yet, but they have been going, you know, fairly well. I mean, and it really coincides with um, the inclusion of uh, the gay guy on their side. He's... Uh, and Willie Mason. 
Well, Willie Mason, he's been toiling away for, you know, uh, playing a solo hand for a long time, like ever since he joined them. Mm. But uh, this uh, advent of Gay Guy over the last month has been a bit of a revelation. But of course, the real driving force, Rochow, number 14, That's captaining it. from the bench. Although he doesn't have a C next to his name. Either. It's been a bit of a down low thing. But uh, look no further than the reason why the Knights are going better. Uh, they're going to go We've better got Rocha, than the Rochow on the bench for the Knights and uh, the Ottoman playing halfback for the Bulldogs. Battle of this week in league mascots. Absolutely. Who will um, prevail? I'm going to say the Ottoman. I think the yeah, Bulldogs will I get think, it. I think the Doggies will get it as well. I wouldn't mind having a lazy uh, fiver on Ben Barber as first and last try scorer. Well, yeah, I mean, you can do the whole thing, you know, Ben Barber first try score, doggies 1-12 to or something like that, and, or, you know, doggies half-time, full-time, you know, yeah. doubles or whatever, uh, and, yeah, it's, it's an easy way to pick up a couple hundred bucks, really. I mean, yeah, you might, might throw some cover on there, put Josh Morris on there as well, but, you know, it pretty much always happens, especially the last few weeks. Exactly. Next game, we have the North Queensland Cowboys versus the mighty Manly Sea Eagles up at Dairy Farmers on uh, 7.30 p.m., I'm going to say the Cowboys at home. I think Manly just got out of jail last week. That was uh, funny how you said the Cowboys were going to get smashed when we were talking about the Cowboys game. Sorry? When we were talking about the Cowboys game this week, you were saying that the Cowboys were going to get smashed. <laughs> yeah, I just, or I pumped just, or something like that. Yeah, I think pumped was the word I used. Yeah, no, I, um, I'm going to tip the Cowboys. I think, I think it'll be a tough game. Um, but as I said before, I think the Cowboys need to blow some cobwebs out and put together a strong performance against a quality side, which Manly are, and um, there's no better opportunity than to do it uh, in front of what will probably be a fairly decent crowd at Dairy Farmers, and um, and they'll be looking to get one up on the Eagles. And I have a counter-offer. This potentially, depending on what happens at Judiciary tomorrow night, this potentially will be the first time this season that Manly have fielded a full-strength side. And so in saying that, Manly are going to send a message this game and uh, they're going to absolutely fuck the Cowboys up and make them humble. With their raisin balls. Exactly. This raisin ball, Rice Krispie Dick, Jonathan Thurston, is not going to be able to withstand the dual prong attack coming at him from Kieran Four and, and Daly Cherry Evans. Uh, Brett Stewart back in the line. So all those half chances that, that, that could have turned their games over the last couple of weeks that they uh, have lost, they're, going to, they're, they're not going to be half chances. They're going to turn into guaranteed tries every single time. You've got the, the emergence of the, uh, the Steve Matai and uh, Jorge Tafua combination, unstoppable on the left. And then you've got the standard combination that we, Jorge. that we know and love between, you know, Glenn Stewart to Jamie Lyon, puts on some footwork, gets sucks in three defenders and gives uh, Wolfie a, a clear run to the line. So this is going to be a massive win to Manly and um, it's going to be their, I guess, their, you know, their party to, you know, say, look, okay, now we've got our full strength side. Motherfuckers, you're all on notice. Drop your weapons now. <laughs> or, or suffer the, con- the the terrible, terrible consequences of the back-to-back team of destiny. Manly 13 plus. Okay, Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> the Warriors at Mount Smart Stadium take on the Cronulla Sharks. Warriors all day. Um, Todd Carney's been named. Uh, Paul Gallon has been named. I hear that he may not be 100%, but I think that it's it's literally a situation where he's insisting that he'll be playing. Yeah. So even Gallon on one leg is better than, you know, a lot of players on two legs. Exactly. Um, you wouldn't you wouldn't go against the Warriors at home, would you? Yeah, Bryce and Gibbs. They'd, they'd be looking to right the ship after two pretty yeah. embarrassing defeats. Well, I've heard that Bryce Gibbs is uh, also going to be out this week as well. He's been named here, though. So I think there's a lot of um, smoke and mirrors around the Sharks lineup. Mm-hmm. And if you're playing, like, fantasy and stuff like that, 
just be aware of that because I mean some of these players might not fucking play. I mean Flanagan's proved to be a real asshole when it comes to fantasy football play. <laughs> because I'm sure that's his priority. <laughs> exactly. And I think there really should be like, you know, some sort of fine system or, or even even the judiciary system in place for coaches that do this because yeah. I mean it really fucks up people's teams. Um the Warriors would love to be riding the ship. The Warriors clearly put on some great tries in the first halves of their last two games and developed a sizable lead. So really it doesn't take much more than a slight attitude adjustment to protect the lead like that. Mm. The Sharks are not a team that can score a lot of points in quick succession to come back from 18-0 down. So if it's going to happen like the last two weeks and the Warriors can get somewhat of a lead, there's no way the Sharks can chase it down. Agreed. Canberra. I think, I think they'll actually... Um, I think they'll put a bit of a score on the Sharks. They'll score. They'll be up to 18-0 and I think yeah. they'll go on with it. Send them tumbling out of the eight. Prove a bit of a point to themselves. All right. Next game, the Canberra Raiders versus Brisbane Broncos down there at Canberra Stadium on Sunday, the 2 o'clock game. The Raiders, well, pretty much the Raiders side, you know, the, the tremendously injury-affected side, of course, but yeah. it's fairly a fairly uh, settled side over the last little while. Josh Hoffman back for, <clears throat> for the Broncos. Um, he'll be a welcome addition at the back. <laughs> and then, and then Although Capewell actually didn't go too bad, I thought. I thought. See, this is the thing. Capewell now is completely omitted from the side, is he? Or no? Dropped. He's completely dropped, which is like fucking crazy. Because uh, I've read an article through the week where they're saying, "Oh, he's like the you know the Ben Barber of the Broncos," and apparently, apparently for Redcliffe, he's been absolutely carving it up in that sort of role, basically supporting every player who has the ball and just scoring bulk tries, which has propelled Redcliffe to the top of the ladder in the QRL. And um and and an example of that was the try he scored on Monday night. So um you know they're saying that you know he's you know that good at sort of sniffing out opportunities and you know backing up players to you know take take opportunities to score tries, but he's not there now. I mean Hoffman, you know he's, he's great. I mean he's he's certainly better as far as returning the ball from kicks, but he he doesn't have that kind of backing up ability. Uh, Broncos once again going to struggle out wide. Um, They've got Jared Beal there. I mean, he's been pushed back out, so that makes uh, Whitchurch be the, the victim and being dropped. Maranta retains the number five. And then they've uh, got some back rowers in the centres. Alex Glenn and Ben Teo. Yeah, and I think that is part of the issue with their attack. As good as they are, uh, they're much better back rowers than they are centres. I think defensively, I mean, it's a better-looking side sure. than it was last week. Um, they've still got the same halves. And they've been saying for a couple of weeks now they really need to step up, and they haven't, so... Um, playing the Raiders at home. Raiders coming off a pretty embarrassing defeat. Um, last time, you know, I think the Raiders are due a decent performance at home um, and the Broncos are right for the picking, but I, I can't really tip against the Broncos, unfortunately. I'm going to have to tip the Broncos because they definitely need it more and they've certainly got better better form than the Raiders. Yep. Uh, well, I suppose the Raiders have won more games recently out of the last five than the Broncos have. But the problem I have with the Broncos is that they have... They have great forwards. I mean, you look at the guys. I mean, the internationals, you know, Hannett and uh, Petro and Gillette, you know, Thiday. I mean, fucking guys that can do the business. McCulloch always plays great as well. The problem with the Broncos is, and this is the reason why, they, I mean, I don't know why people install them. I mean, people are actually installing them as favourites or like, you know, they're one of the two grand final teams. And the reason why that is such a load of fucking bullshit is because six, Corey Norman, seven, Peter Wallace. No fucking imagination attack the two of them. They haven't got a, an attacking idea between them. And even in the Manly game where the Broncos almost pulled off the win, their entire tactic for the entire fucking game was ruck, 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 bomb. Yeah. And it was the same thing against Parramatta. Ruck, 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 ruck bomb, 
bomb, bomb the whole time. All they can do is score tries off kicks. They're the Penrith side of you know of 2012. Remember Penrith when they used to get tries off kicks every game, like yeah. season four last, I think it's it was. Like John Peard is reincarnated. Yeah, this you know it's ridiculous. If you got guys that are decent under high ball, and you know what, I want to I don't want to big up the Raiders at all because we're talking about guys like Blake Ferguson and uh, you know Shandor and that. I mean Josh Dugan, he can certainly handle that stuff. Yeah. Absolutely, but uh, and yeah, Croker's obviously a turnstile. So whoever's playing on his side of the field is going to get some line breaks, no doubt about it. Um, Having said that, I mean, if Reese Robinson catches a high ball, and the defence is as shoddy as it was on last night, well, uh, yeah, he could return it for the yeah. Yeah, he's he's been known to run the length of the field, Reese Robinson. Yeah, yeah. I just think the Raiders. I don't don't think the defence is good enough out wide, and um, the Broncos they are under underpowered outside, but surely. They've got Surely enough, they've got enough to get at least some yeah. points. I think it'll be a tight game, and I think the Broncos will win. Okay, next one: Gold Coast Titans versus South Sydney Rabbitohs at Skill Park. Can't go past the Rabbitohs, unfortunately. Yeah, this is a good test of the Titans to see how they're going, and I think they're going to treat it like that. I saw a quote from Scotty Prince, something to that effect, that um, yeah, they've been going okay lately, but this is a chance to see how good they are against a team that's you know going very well. Yeah. Um, Ashley Harrison's in there. Look, I mean, you know they're. Their pack is pretty much full strength. Yeah. Um, their, their backs, I guess... With the exception know, of uh, Greg Bird, of course. With the exception of Greg Bird, of course, yeah. Um, and, you know, their backs, I mean, as far as their settle lineup at the moment, I think, you know, that's pretty much full strength as well. Yeah. Um, you know, the Titans aren't going to get a better chance uh, if they win this game. I think it's severely... If they're serious about making that, they have to keep winning. Um, yeah. And if they're going to do anything in the finals they're going to have to beat teams like the Rabbitohs so, and if they beat uh, the Rabbitohs then it's a severe dent on the Rabbitohs credentials because I still don't really rate them as, as high a chance as they are on the table at the moment Yeah, and uh, so it's, I'm actually interested to see how they go in this game as well because the, the Titans have certainly still got some vulnerability in there and if the Rabbits can't get over it you know yeah, I think it, it's an opportunity for the Titans, but I think it'll be an opportunity lost I think the Rabbitohs will be too strong they've got too much momentum uh, and they'll Win fairly convincingly. Yeah, if I was betting money on the game, you'd have to go, you know, the safe bet is certainly the Rabbitohs. Yeah. But uh, I'm interested to see how the Titans go, though. Sure. Okay, Monday night football. <sighs> Campbelltown Sports Stadium. We... West Tigers versus the Parramatta Eels. If we cannot beat Parramatta, you may as well put a line through our season. Tim Maltzen returns in the fullback position. He does. Liam Fulton's been named at 5'8". <laughs> Which yes, is, yet, which another, is, yet another halves combination. Which is based on which is based on the fact that um he's he was sorry better passes than Benji was anyway. Supercoach Benji, he got twenty five points in Supercoach and mm-hmm. he scored a fucking try. Yeah. So what did he do for the other you know seventy nine minutes of the game? Pretty poor form. Uh, that means Robbie gets uh, obviously returned to his favoured position of hooker. Yeah. Big Saucy's meant to be in there as well. He is. He has been named. Your pack, He'll in be fact, a welcome addition. In fact, your pack, pack is full is strength. Full strength. Full yep. strength pack. At the so moment. if we can't get over the top of the Eels nufties, um, we are kidding ourselves. If they don't lay a platform for Benji to, and Robbie to work off the back of and deliver a, a fairly convincing win for the Tigers somewhere in the vicinity of 20 to 30 points, um, then the Tigers are fucking kidding themselves. Now, what's the deal with your outside backs and why is it that you don't have enough... Um, fit and healthy males on, on your side that you have to put in the number five jersey you have to put a, a Greek woman Marika Kuroi Betty uh, if you witnessed any of that game against us you would understand <laughs> that Marika may well be a woman but she's a woman with a 14 inch penis because <laughs> that man 
is a solid individual for 18 years of age or whatever he is. Yes, yes. And of course we jest. I think the Molson factor, you know, is a massive oh, detriment to I'm pretty sure he's got a 14-inch penis. <laughs> okay, so clearly there's some inside information here that you've, you, you've seen or felt or something. <laughs> you know, put the eels of Monday night against the Tigers of Sunday afternoon and the eels win. They, the wheels actually put 50 nil. on them. <laughs> the eels put 50 on them. Can the eels do that for another week in a row? You know, their defence has been... I think the Tigers will have to be good to beat the Eels. I think yeah. the Eels will play, um, try and play as, as well as they did against the Broncos. And, and their defence against Melbourne was was every bit good enough to, to hold the Tigers out. So the Tigers yeah. are going to have to lift. Um, yep. They're going to have to put a better performance together than what they have certainly for the last four to six weeks. So they have to be good to beat Para, um And I think they really need to come out and, and prove that they can do the job and... And that's their challenge, and whether they're up to it or not remains to be seen on Monday night. I'm not convinced at the moment. No, in Monday night, the underdog, yeah, generally wins, so that means... So the Tigers you know, will clearly get, be get the, the Eels. Eels 13+. plus. Bank on it. That is full time for episode number 98. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. On Facebook, the likes are creeping up. They're still on the way to the 1,000. Yes. 9.53 the last time I looked. So we need 47 over what? We've got five episodes, uh, plus we've got four or whatever for the finals, plus some postseason stuff. So, you know, if we can get three a week. Easily. We kind of, yeah. You know, we're kind of, kind of on our way, but I mean, you know, if we get five a week, boom, Manny McCabe. All right. All right. <laughs> Reviews. We had a we had a, we had a nice review on the uh, on on Twitter that um that we just got sent uh, this morning or sorry this afternoon from someone by the name of Cracker Sean. So it's C R A C K A S H A U N. You fellas put on a good podcast. Keep it up. Hash quality. So uh, that's nice to see. I like you, Sean. I like, right. I like Cracker Sean as well. Now we've got a uh, an iTunes Sharks review. fan. Clearly Gronk, but. <laughs> and we've got a, uh, a, an iTunes review from someone by the name of dbags80 without peer five stars religiously download every Wednesday night to hear the boys hilarious analysis of the greatest game at all of all no other rugby league podcast comes close to this week in league even if they do support the two most pashitic teams in the comp love the nicknames you give the players which have definitely stuck with my circle of friends and household go the mighty Broncos line break line break hash tigers in decline Yes. Well, so thank definitely. You, thank I mean, you for the review. The language of that review is clearly. I mean, you know, you can clearly see that he's definitely a listener, and um, that's after I think. Uh, oh, sorry, it was Cracker Sean who's listened to the last five episodes. So this yes. this guy tends to be. I mean, D bags eighty must be a fairly long term listener because you know he's threw a few things in there. Mm. Tipping. I also move up, a cock. I move up to forty third position after uh, I finish. I was you know fifteenth or something this week. Uh, you had moved down to eighty third position. Of course I did. It was an absolutely disastrous week of tipping for those at the top, and as a result, we have the biggest log jam in the history of our tipping competition. There's the top five. <laughs> See that? Jesus. Top five. Okay, Whitey. He has retained his three-game uh, margin at the top in first position again. It's me, Cookie Bra, maintains the second position uh, on 97 points. Skinny has moved up again. He's on 96 and in third position. Tied with Skinny in fourth. We've got Kylie M. 
and uh, she's on 96 as well. Then in fifth position, we have a logjam of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 people Jesus. tied on 95 Not points. Not one of those is me. I'm still no. 83rd. No, we've got, and we've got some guys that were up the top, and I mean, some people really plummeted uh, badly. Uh, we've got some new entries like Dave Mack, uh, Simo Ali, Shell Geddes. Dave Mack. What the Mack. fuck does he know about football? Exactly. Co- co-host of This Week in MMA. Um, Jared Ash, On a Blood Buzz, Jason Jehan, P.I., David Tierney, and then Melly Titans. I think she was sort of second or third last week. She's plummeted down to uh, 12th, uh, but, but tied for fifth. Uh, Andrew Smyrniotis, he was a one-time, you know, top three sort of guy. He's, he's down, he's in 13th now. Uh, Todd H, 1987, also spent some time up there. And Langer's 38, we spent a long time up in the top. Um, <clears throat> all of them are tied on the same amount of points. Um, so, yeah. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. Unfortunate, but it means that you know, shit, you know, we've still got what five weeks to go. I mean, it's, put it together, you can get some merch, mate. You, I reckon if someone if someone could put two perfect rounds together, someone in that pack and put two yeah, perfect rounds together, blow, blow it wide open. They'll blow it wide open for sure. Okay, fantasy back on track this week for me. Thousand and twenty five points despite no Parker or Gallon, plus getting ten points from useless Harrell and um, twenty five points from useless Benji, and he actually got a try. So take this try away, and he made no tackles, did fuck all of anything. Um, undefeated, got nine hundred and seventy four points. He won again in the comp that we're in, and uh, I think you you're about four and one out of your last five games. So you oh I um you turn things around. You're gonna finish a solid a solid probably twelfth 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 or eleventh maybe because you've actually got a winnable in game that this comp. Week. I'm fucking right up there in a couple of others. How's that go? Oh, I don't know. It's clearly handicapped. So it's clearly that's that's why that that one that we're talking about now is a Twitter elite comp. Yeah. So you're not quite up to the elite level, but uh, no. you, 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 in the Special Olympics, though, you, you're fucking yeah, I'm superstar. The, I'm the West Tigers of fantasy football. <laughs> so yeah, what are you in doing? In the real other? comp, no good. So what are you doing in other comps? I'm top. I'm top four yeah. in every single comp. Top actually, yeah, I'm top whatever, two in most. Of them. I think I'm ninth in one. Um, well, that's not good. Ninth in another. That's no good. Ninth in another. That's no good. And fourth in one. Oh, fourth, so that's the one you're putting all your fucking eggs in, okay. And anyone else we know that's in that one there, fourth? No. <laughs> okay, so it is a special school competition. I think so. All right, a Tard Cup. All right, um, and of course, shop. And we had some more orders. Thanks very much, guys. Uh, love your work. And we've still got stock of the Revelation shirt, the hats, stubby coolers. So uh, hit up thisweekinleague.com forward slash shop to grab some awesome shit. Yes. Get amongst it. That's it. That's all I've got time for for this week. Longest episode of the season, I think this might be. Yes. Is this the first time we cracked two hours this season? Yeah, I've talked a lot about the Tigers being so shit. Yeah, but you know, it's been a long time coming, so I hope you feel better now. I do. <laughs> no, you don't. No, I don't. <laughs> you feel like, Can't back that up. You're crying yourself to sleep tonight. <laughs> I'm going to cry in the car on the way home. On an enormous pillow. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, okay, that's all we've got next week. Uh, go Manly. Uh, going to smash the Cowboys. Ten the Tigers. The line is in the sand. Yes. Or I commit suicide. Which will it be? Lose to the eels, that puts them well and truly squarely into the mathematical calculations. Yes. <laughs> and, um, no one wants to be there. And that's just a nice way of saying out of contention. Mm. So we remains to be seen. All we reveal. See you next week.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.